Oh, you're still dead. Still dead. We, there you are. There I am. Can cool. we say that we blacked them out? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I mean, hey, stay black. Yes, you I think can. We can. Stay say black, brother. I'm trying, man. A white dude, a Jewish guy who broke some world records, and a black guy all walk into a gym. That's the end of it. That's it. That's, it. That's all I got. I'll see you guys later. Scott, <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell me about horse cock. <laughs> yeah, I don't really way. know much about him, really. I mean, you know, he's dead. I know that. It's a good way to start off the podcast. Yeah, right? I figured. Yeah, so I used to uh, go to a gym long time ago. I used to go to a gym called the LA Lifting Club. And me and my brother would always be like, dude, what the hell's up with this guy? This guy's, he'd always wear cargo shorts and somehow you could see his junk through the cargo shorts. And his name was Scott Mendelson. <laughs> <laughs> Did the guy have like something wrong with him or he just had a massive? Dude, all I know, this guy had a cock like the size, of, the thickness of your Starbucks cup, bro. It was like you've ridiculous. S- you've seen it? <laughs> I saw it one time. <clears throat> yeah. It scared, it scared me. To this day, it resonates in my head. It was like 20 years ago. You know? <laughs> Damn. I thought to myself, Scott, you are insufficient. <laughs> you, are, you are officially inferior. Yes, absolutely. He's the man, the alpha. <laughs> so I met this uh, wonderful man over here, Scott Mendelson, probably 20 some odd years ago. I went to a powerlifting meet with my brother, and uh, we were in the warm-up room. And there was this guy who was loud and over the top and brash, and he was talking about wanting to break records. He's talking about he's going to bench 650, and then in a couple of years, he's going to break the all-time world record. And we're like, who's this guy? It turned out to be Scott Mendelson. He turned out to be right. Turned out to bench over 700 pounds um, on that particular raw. day. Yeah, raw. On that particular day, you uh, had a mishap, right? The weight yeah, I, fell uh, on you or I something. dropped, uh, I, you know. You go thumbless I, grip. I was going thumb, and you know what? I didn't Rookie know how to power lift. I didn't know how to power lift, so I I was just benching close grip because that's what I did, and I was hitting like six forty close grip, and uh, I came in and and I used to go thumbless because you know I didn't know what the hell I was doing, and I ended up dropping like six hundred something pounds on my chest from lockout, and that was the uh, introduction of my elaborate uh, powerlifting career. And then you were like, well, maybe I should wrap my thumbs around the bar. That was my last false grip workout. <laughs> <laughs> how, how were you able to develop, um, you know, like there's a lot of people that bench, uh, you know, 400 pounds, 500 pounds. And we, we start to see people kind of top out. They start to get to five, they start to get to six. And that 700 pound limit, or that 700 pound weight rather, um, seems to be a, a huge limit for a lot of people. There's only been like five people to ever really, maybe five or six people to ever do it. Right. How the hell were you able to build that kind of strength? You always just been strong or? Well, you know what? I was always, you know, when I was a kid, I always, I collect comic books to this day. I still do. I have like 50,000 books and, uh, wow. Hulk was my favorite character. So ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be the strongest man in the world. You know, some people want to be an astronaut or a fireman. I just wanted to be the strongest man in the world. Hulk lifts like 35,000 pounds, so. I thought, what the hell? <laughs> I'll follow suit. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, throughout life, I uh, I kind of just had that in mind. So, uh, when I was about 15 years old, uh, one of my friends almost killed this guy. And... Uh, 
I got picked up for it by the law, and I didn't snitch him off. Don't show this clip yet, uh, Andrew. We'll save this for gotcha. a little bit later. I didn't snitch him off, and I ended up doing three and a half years in youth authority. Oh, my God. And uh, that was sort of like my military to straighten me out, you know. Did it work? It Well, I, I started lifting weights. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. You know, and when I got out, I was just on a mission. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that, that weightlifting was where it was at, you know. And... Uh, and it's funny because when I was in, I was like, God, you know, what did he, why am I here? You know what I mean? And all the prison guards were like, you know, you don't look like you should be here. And I was like, eh. and you know, at first it was like, they're like, hey, what are you here for? And I said, oh, I didn't do it. And they were like, yeah, none of us did it. We're all innocent. <laughs> so then I was just like, fuck it. You know, I did it. I don't give a fuck. I'm just going on with it. And I got into the whole life of that thing and I finished up and, and I got out and this, this black guy named Reggie was a prison guard. He looked at me and he said, I'll be seeing you soon, boy. There's an 87% return rate. And I said, you know what, fuck you, like that. So <clears throat> I get out, I start doing my thing, and I become Scott Mendelson. And years later, when I broke the 275 world record, when I hit the 1031 at 275, that night uh, we went to a bar. Because I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do shit. But when I break a world record, I'll do a shot, you know. So we're at this bar. Makes sense. And there's this black guy at the end of the bar, and he's like fucking staring at me. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy looking at? You know what I mean? And uh, finally, I get up, and I go over. I go, dude, do I know you? I mean, you know, is there a problem? <laughs> and he goes, you don't remember me, do you? I told you there was an 87% return rate and you'd be back. And what'd you say to me? And I was like, I said, fuck you, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I've been following you and I'm so proud of what you become. And, oh, that's cool. and it was like, it was like a, like a God sent thing to, you know, I don't know. It just like changed something in my life when he said that to me. And I was like, thank you, brother. You know what I mean? When you were in that youth facility, did you have like a mentor or anything? Like, do they they have a program to like try to help you, um, you know, get out of that lifestyle? No, no, it's real racial. And uh, what do you mean by racial? What I mean is, blacks can't sell up with whites, and you can't smoke or drink after a black guy, and it's really racial and it's an organized thing. So if you smoke after a black guy, you fall what's called leva, and you're a lame. And they shoot letters to each other, prison to prison. It's this organized thing. Um, and I'm on the bus and I'm going there and this Indian guy's like telling me you can't smoke after a black guy, you can't drink after a black guy, you know, you can't sell with a black guy. And you know, if, if somebody tries to run you on a mission, you know, don't do it because you'll be like a soldier. And I'm looking at this guy like, what the fuck is he talking about? It's a about? lot of rules. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I get there and there's this big ass blonde dude, you know, it's up to 25 years old, I'm like 16, you know? So I get in there and this big blonde dude's like looking at me and he's like, and I'm like, <laughs> and he's all, and I was like, <laughs> so I walk over and he's like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, uh, how you doing? And he's like, uh, you down for your shit? And I'm like, yeah and he goes 
you know, there was a bunch of like little gay guys in the front with like shirts and shit, you know what I mean? And he's all, why don't you go over there and fuck that dude up right there? Show me how down you are. And I'm thinking about the Indian dude on the bus and I'm like, and I'm sitting down talking to this dude and I stand up and I look at him, I go, you running me on a mission? He's all, yeah, I beat the fuck out of this dude. I've been there like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm hitting this dude as hard as I can. They lock me down. They bring me to the parole board and they're like, Mr. Mendelssohn, you've been here like 10 minutes and da 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 da. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> so they bring me back. You beat the hell out of the guy that tried to put you on the mission. Right. Got it. And when I get back, all the white dudes are coming up to me and they're like, hey, what's up? What's up? I'm like, what the fuck do you mean, what's up? <laughs> well, he was a dude that called shots for the white dudes. Oh, mm. shit. So next thing you know, I'm calling shots for the white dude. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm a fucking Jew. You know what I mean? <laughs> These guys are like Nazis, you know? And I'm like, nah, dude, I don't want nothing to fucking do with it, bro. So I just go in the weight pit and I start lifting. Well, ends up that, his name was Chad. He ends up running a mission on me. And I walked through this doorway. They had these big steel chairs. And this dude whacked me in my face with a chair and knocked two teeth out of my mouth. Yeah. So I was all dazed. I jumped on the dude, but, you know, and they had mace. All these guys had, tear, you know, uh, the yeah. mace spray. So they spray me down, and That's I'm like no fucking, joke. oh, dude, that shit was crazy. I got used to it. <laughs> so they bring me back to parole board. They're like, Mr. Mendelssohn, da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, sorry. So... They lock me down for like five days and then I go back and I see Chad and he's like, and I'm like, oh, that's fucking it. So there was this like pool table with these washing machines and I walk in and I just start fucking wailing on him. He had long blonde hair and I wrapped his hand up and I'm beating the fuck out of him and all of a sudden I hear, hey, and I look over with the tear gas right in my fucking face, the mace, and I'm like, fuck, I'm snotting out of every hole and I'm, I got him against the washer and I'm boom, boom, and then I miss, bink, and I'm like, boom, bink, and four guards roll in, and they pick me up in the air. I got him in a headlock. <laughs> Each guard has my uh, legs. There's four of them. They got my arms, and I'll have this dude. I'm in the air, and I'm hitting him like this. So they bring me back to parole board again, and they're like, Mr. Mendelssohn, and I'm like, sorry, <laughs> you know, and they're like, well, what the fuck's going to happen? I go, I'm going to fucking kill him. So they ended up shipping him out to another fucking prison, and then life got good. All the guards started liking me. I got relationships with them. And, you know, when you first go to prison, you start tripping and you're like worried about like, oh, my God, it's four o'clock. What would all my friends be doing right now? You know, but then it got to the point where I forgot and I just went on and I was lifting. And there's like a, a, a SWAT team kind of like for like riot retaliation and stuff. Well, they come in. I was benching 600 pounds at 18 years old. So how long you were lifting at this point? Like just a couple, a couple years? years. Yeah. So I was hitting 600 and the guards came in and they go, Hey, you're fucking strong as hell. And I was like, thanks. So they took me over to the, their gym. These guys were like retired NFL and like gnarly motherfuckers, you yeah. know? So I started lifting with them and that's when shit got real. And they were like power lifting. And you know, these guys were showing me some stuff, but you know, they really weren't power lifters. They just said they were, you know what I mean? I didn't know what was up. I'm going close grip, you know? So, uh, finally I get out and, uh, I start living my life and I'm lifting and I'm at North Hollywood golds and Venice golds and I'm training people and I'm going to school and I'm doing my thing. And, you know, one thing after the other just developed and I'm, I'm sitting there eating with my wife at the time on Ventura Boulevard at this place, Ventura Boulevard in, in Sherman Oaks, California. It's like the Boulevard. So there's this little magazine place. And as I'm walking by, I see a powerlifting USA. 
So I'm like, oh, I'm buying it. So I grab it and it's like, hey, this weekend there's a fucking powerlifting meet in Burbank, the one I met you at. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, I don't know. She goes, well, who are they benching? I go, I don't fucking know. Maybe they're hitting 900. I'm hitting 640. You know, and she's like, well, fuck, let's do it. And I'm like, "Okay." And then I met Mark Bell. So here we are. Yeah, here here we are. What a weird, like a weird, uh, weird set of circumstances in a lot of ways. I made a post and said, you know, um, you broke the all time world record and you had it for a long time. How long did you have that record? I had it for about 12 years. I still have the 308 world record that I've had for like. 16 years yeah and you did a, a seven, 701 at 306 body weight and a 715 bench right 715 at 314 i believe i was and then eric spoto who grew up in the same area as you but you guys didn't know each other mm-hmm. at the time he ended up training with you for a while yeah eric trained with me and you know i loved him great guy um, I showed him my secrets. He's still alive, by the way. People keep asking me, like, where is <laughs> You know is what? He? I was wondering, Eric, where the fuck are you? Give me a call, you know? But, um, you know, he's a good guy. And I'm, you know what? It's cool because, you know, what are records for? Right. They're to be broken. And the fact that I trained him, I wasn't completely 100% responsible for him breaking the record because he put the time in. Right. But, you know, by him breaking it and me training him, it's it's sort of a branch off my tree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I I, I really, uh, I enjoyed training with him. Do you have similar yeah. form to yours? Your form quite different than his. Um, I'm different. I'm on the balls of my feet. Oh, yeah. Your feet are way back. Yeah. My feet are further back. What um, do you think about, you know, you hear everyone talking about like, <clears throat> you know, tucking the elbows in and all these different things. And obviously, I mean, you're a really wide guy. You're thick as hell. So it's going to look different. You bench pressing versus a, a girl who's 132 pounds. Right. But what do you think about kind of like, you know, tucking the elbows in tight and stuff like that? Do you agree with that or do you have a different style? Well, I 100% agree with it. My style is, and everybody can see me on camera, correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I like put your hand flat on my back. Okay, what I do is I take my shoulder blades and I pinch them together, okay? Loosely, not with like a lat spread or anything like that. I'm trying to get my shoulders as close together as possible. Then once I do that, then I tighten the muscle up around it, okay? And that's how I start my bench press to where I'm almost cramped up. Now, my triceps, everything on the bench press comes from the inner tricep, So what I do is, imagine if you had skin that attached your tricep to your lat, okay? You know the dimple on your lat when you do your lat? I take my my tricep and I put it there, okay? So I'm a little bit like right in the middle of my back. kind of resting his tricep like on his lats, which might be hard to do if you don't have developed lats or developed (laughs) triceps. So what I do is, in this position, I'm pinched and cramped all the way back. Now when I pull... I never let my elbow separate. In other words, I never come from here and let my elbow go down here. I always stay into my back. And when I pull, and you'll see it on my videos when I freeze up, everybody's like, how does it freeze up? I'm pulling and it freezes because I'm pulling with my back and I'm not pulling with my arms specifically. My arms I'm pulling with but I'm never letting it come away from that lat. It's always attached. So what'll happen is I'll freeze up from here. Now, the only thing that's gonna get that weight to go lower or that that bar to go lower is what? 
more weight. So more weight, more weight, more weight, more weight. That's why when I was going raw, nothing below 600 would touch. Is it like your body's a bench shirt? My, it's like a living bench shirt. Yeah. Guys, repeat that again. How much weight what? Did, did you need to touch your chest? 600. And he's talking about without a bench shirt on. Without a bench shirt, yeah. And if you see my videos, I'll be coming down and boom, boom. That's really interesting because Ed Cohn said the same thing about the deadlift. Ed Cohn... You know, he said like, you know, when he was warming up, he would have, you know, 500 on, 600 on, 700 on, 800 on. And even like 700 pounds, he could make it float. Yeah. Because he would get himself wiggled in and get himself so tight. What some of you guys may not be seeing, like some people are actually listening uh, on iTunes as well, is uh, Scott pulled his uh, rear delts back and he was trying to get them as close together as possible, pulling them towards my hand. My hand was on his back flat. But I'm using the scapulas. Imagine the shoulder blades themselves right. and you're pinching them together. Forget about anything muscular to begin with. It's all skeletal. So when I bench, I don't push the weight away from me. I push myself into the back of the bench away from the weight. Which is important because a lot of people will overpress when they bench press. Well, and then when you do that, Shoulders you do will come, that. A shoulder will come forward and <clears> end up with an elbow or a shoulder or you have something weird. Something, right. Something See, I don't use my shoulders when I bench you at also, all. You also used your traps a lot, which that's that's a different part. So he pulled his shoulder blades together, tried to get them as close as he could. And then he kind of shrugged, not really up, but more like back right. with, with the traps. Though, I well, when I set up on the bench, I'm not on my back. I'm on my traps. Yeah, that's that's a big difference compared to like a lot what a lot of other people are doing. They're trying to kind of wiggle in. Um, what are some other things like you know with your technique? What are some other things that you did? Like some people have trouble like with the lockout. Some people have trouble off their chest. I I use boards. I don't believe in chains for bench press. I think the joints are too small. Bands, same thing. Bands, I I will do a little bit of band work, but not on the bench. You know, like if I have a bamboo bar or something like that, I'll put some bands on it or something like that. Only because of stabilization, but with lightweight. Okay. I go boards, 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 boards the whole way. And, and then when you press off the boards, um, are you staying like super tight, like you mentioned? And there's like hardly any weight resting on the boards? Or are you just plowing okay, through? First the of all, some people will drop we, it. We never got to this part, but I don't bench from here. I bench from my hips, mm. all right? I don't know if you guys have heard, I've, I've blown my quads twice benching. Wow. Literally I've ripped my quad to where now. my whole leg went black. There's a magazine cover where Gordon Santee, I had to get okay to wrap my leg up. I tore it at the Arnold, and then three weeks later, I was in Canada with Bruce Gregg, <clears throat> rest in peace, and uh, I had to wrap my leg, and I had to shoot lidocaine into my leg. Because it was just so much pain, I, I couldn't. I didn't even feel the leg when I was benching. I mean, it was like not even there. You know what I mean? But I, when I bench, I bring my my heels. I'm on the balls of my feet, and I'm on my traps. My butt's touching the bench, and when I get ready to bench, I take my ankles and I push them down. Okay, when that happens, that engages the whole lower body, the hamstrings, the hips. Everything except the glutes. Just to reiterate and to uh, make it so people totally understand, he pushes his heels towards the ground, but his heels don't go flat. He's still on his toes. I'm on the balls of my feet, not it my toes. It will engage your butt, which will drive your knee It'll down. It'll engage your hip. Yeah, there you go. Not your glutes. You have to tighten your glutes up separately. 
Okay. So it'll engage the hips and it'll keep the leg, it'll keep the leg drive super tight. Correct. And then the other thing that it does is it helps to kind of stabilize, stabilize your body on the bench. And in addition to that, it helps to uh, kind of shorten up and stabilize the stroke of the bench press as right. well, because now your knee will come down, your stomach and your chest will come up a little bit. Correct. If the, if the heels touch, do you lose a lot of that or is it? Did you I not never, it my heels could not touch. Okay. It's not going to happen. It's gotcha. for him though. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. I mean, so you, you teach people the same, you do, I do. teach people to bench the same way that you bench. Well, the reason why I don't do flat footed is because when you drive flat footed, your butt comes up and no matter what your right. butt's going to come up. Mm-hmm. You look at everyone and I love Canelli, but he's never hit a legit lift in his fucking that life. Son of a bitch. <laughs> no, no. And no, no, it's not because he's not powerful or anything, but his ass comes up on every single lift. It just does. I knew he was cheating the whole time. Cheater. And he's heels down. <laughs> I love him. I love him. He's a champion yeah, bencher. Down, he's he's flat bench, but you you cannot keep your ass down when you're at a max level bench. It doesn't happen, mm. you know? Um, and another thing that, that you made me think about, when I, like, sometimes there's some lifts online where they'll hand me a thousand pounds and it'll start going like this, <laughs> okay? <clears throat> I stabilize. Everybody tries to balance it from your upper body. You can't do that. You lock the hips in, and you just let the ride go on the upper body, but you're stabilizing with the hips. That happened to me on Monday. I hit a 1018 on Monday. I'm fucking all you motherfuckers up in a second. I'm just letting you know. But I hit a 1018. And he's uh, 52? I'm 50. I just 50. turned 50. I'm adding years to you. Sorry. Like Rocky that. said, I got a little bit left in the basement. That's right. And I think this year, uh, remember I said it on Mark Bell's uh, podcast, I'm going to break the all-time record. I'm going to go over 11 at a light body weight. I'm about 300 pounds right now. And, uh, you know, I used to be 390. And, uh, you know, there's an optimal weight for everybody. 390. Yeah. Talk about going all in. Rich Piana looked at me and goes, dude, you're too big. You're going to fucking die. And then look. Yeah. Rich is dead now. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, it's just everybody has an optimal weight to perform. For me, it's a, between 305 and 320 is where I'm my best. You know what I mean? I can breathe. And, you know, breathing is a big part other than life, but in benching. Because, you know, it's it's very cardio-based. People don't realize it. In powerlifting in general, you know, you got three attempts, a fourth on a world record. When you hit your fourth lift, your fucking body's blue. Yeah, you done. know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I do six hours of cardio every week. And I do life cycle because I don't have an ankle in my right leg. Um, I wear a boot when I bench. So one of my boots, I got a Frankenstein boot. You guys will see it. You guys have probably seen it before. But, um, you He's know. He's a very scary individual if you've never seen him. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, um, I forgot what I was saying. Um, you know, when I notice when you're benching too, because of your arch and because of the way you get yourself on your traps, you uh, bring the weight out over top of you quite a bit. You bring the weight out like more towards uh, um, maybe like your sternum, sternum, right? Like a little bit below my sternum. Yeah. And yeah. some people, you know, they'll bench a little higher, but I think that maybe some people are benching that way because they're maybe more flat, right? No, the thing about it is like, watch, face me, <clears throat> get in a bench position, pull your arms back, mm-hmm. pull them back. Pull back, bend them. Oh, okay. Now push yeah. as hard as you can. Nothing. Right. Now drop your elbows. Now push. Right. You could throw me across the room. Yeah. Okay. So your leverage point is in your triceps. When yeah. you when you're out here and you're in a high bench, you're in your shoulders. Right. 
We don't want to do that. We want to bring that out to here. And there's like a rollout process when you bench. You'll bring it up and it'll roll out. Boom. And there's like a slot. It just like boom, falls it's almost, right in. It's not quite as far, but almost to the point where the bar would start coming downward anyway, right? Yeah, kind of but the thing it is, when you you know when you uh, when you're benching and you bring it low, a lot of you people feel like it's going to fall on you. So what you need to do is take your elbows and bring them in, like you're breaking the bar. And when you break the bar, all of a sudden you got tons of leverage. You know, all this, all these strength sports are just about leverage. You know, um, am I the strongest guy with the strongest body in the world? Fuck no. There's guys way stronger than me, but they can't hit near what I hit because of two things. One, I know the leverage points. I'm a fucking master. And two, the mental. The brain controls everything. And no matter what I have, I'll go under 1,300 pounds. I don't give a fuck. Because the thing about it is, is you need to stay in your itinerary. When that weight's coming down, I don't feel the muscle in my arms. I feel the bones in my arms flexing back and forth. So if I'm not in that perfect leverage point, my arms will snap. And that's why these guys panic and they freak out because mentally they're not there. Have you always had that? Always. The thing is never fear the weight. You fear the weight, the weight is your enemy. The weight is mine. It's not the enemy. It's part of me. And that's the key to winning. Knowing that before you even fucking get up there, that that is done 100% is everything. I'm not like, hey, you know, today I'm going to try and do the best that I can. (laughs) No, fuck no. That shit is done before I even step on the fucking platform. I've done it in the gym a million times. There's no reason why I can't do it now. So that thing is you're always prepared, though. Like you've done it before. You need to come in prepared. You don't do shit that like on the platform that you haven't done before. No. There we go. No. I mean, look, if it comes to an all-time world record thing, and I've hit that third lift and I'm ready for something that I haven't do. Yeah, I'll do it. You know, but that's what lifting's all about. You know, it's fucking Star Trek, bro. Yeah, basically if you're if you're um, you know, one one reason to be scared is when you're not prepared. 100%. You know, you know? so you might have had some you might have had some meets where because we get locked into powerlifting, you might have had some meets where man, you probably shouldn't have done it, right? No, you never had. You've always been prepared. Every I've time. always been. So prepared. have you just backed out of them? No, no. You just if you make a decision to do it, you go all in. I do it. I do it. I've never backed out of a meet. I've been sick. I've had fevers. And you want to know something? Every time I feel great, I sh- I'm shitty. The crappier I feel, the day I hit the ten thirty one at two seventy five, I had food poisoning. I was 312 pounds, and my daughter cooked me chicken, and it wasn't all the way through. Dude, I puked down to 295. I was laying in a bed naked with a trash can off the side of the bed, and I had, you know, when you puke, you're like, (laughs) I had puked so much that my body was so exhausted, my stomach was just like, and I was just laying there with, like, snot falling in the fucking thing, (laughs) and I had to compete that weekend. And I'm like tripping because my sponsors were like, fuck, we're paying you. We need a lift. I'm like crying. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to do. And my boy's like, well, pff, go to 275. I was like, what? So with food poisoning, I sucked up to 275. 
went and rehydrated with some electrolyte ringers, you know, intravenously, went back up to 292, and I'm puking in a bucket when they called my name. And I'm like, fuck. I was so shitty feeling. I'm like, I'm going to die. They handed me the weight off, and it just crushed me. And I was like, and I thought, oh. I could do this. I could do this. And I did it. And then I just missed 1115 on a second. I opened up with 1031. Jesus. Has anyone benched 1100 pounds? I mean, Tiny Meeker attempted it, which he gets credit for. But, you know, everybody in the world, including Tiny, knows that that shit did not lock out. Even you do. What's it, 1102 bench? Something like that. You saw it. You saw the incomplete bench. I don't, yeah, I don't. I I certainly certainly don't remember it, that's for sure. Right, right. So I'm sure if he, if it was clean, I I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Canelli has the all-time record with the 1080 or whatever it was. Yeah. And that was a clean fucking lift. You know, Canelli is a great champion. He was on fire for a while. As were you. Both yeah. you guys were on fire for a while. Well, I think that me and Kennelly's battles really took powerlifting to a different it realm. It was huge. It was a huge deal. Yeah. It was it was something else, man. It was something. Now watch. This is the eleven oh two, right? Yeah. All right. Now watch this lift. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing his dance. He's got the tiny meeker dance going. Right. It was a cool time, though, because there was a couple of you guys. Oh, 1080. Uh, this is 1080. This isn't the 1102. There's a couple of you guys. But let's uh, watch it anyway. <laughs> There's a couple of you guys really battling it out back then. It was pretty sick. Yeah, it was good. Tiny wasn't in the in the mix then. He kind of came a little bit later. Right. I love Tiny. Tiny's a great guy. Yeah, he's he's insanely strong. I mean, he's hit a lot of big benches over a long period of time. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's still competing? I don't think he's competing. He just took a bunch of weight off. Hmm. Eventually, right? Eventually that has to happen for all of us. Yeah. All right, pause. Is his name Tiny or why do people call him Tiny? <laughs> Tiny is his nickname. It's, it's his Paul nickname. Meeker, I think it is. Man, those Ben shirts are crazy. Yeah, that that definitely didn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's 1100. Well, it wasn't locked out. Yeah. Just for the people that are listening, can you walk us through it, Mark? Yep. We got, uh, we're watching uh, Tiny Meeker perform a 500 kilogram bench press. It's 1102 pounds. Really unbelievable to see people handle this kind of weight in a, in a bench press, regardless of, you know, wearing a bench shirt and all these other things. He's going to get the weight um, handed out to him. He's setting up his, uh, his feet, He's got his chest up. He's ready to rock and roll. He's going to get the lift off. Liftoff's got to be crucial with these huge weights. Weights being brought down, trying to keep that position. He got a little sideways with it. Now look, and then yeah, it's he was obviously able, not locked. Yeah, he wasn't able to really. Uh, he yeah. was sideways kind of the whole time. Yeah, he was. And then it was hard for him to straighten the weight out at the top. Yeah, I think and he did it. I think he did it. You got to do eleven oh seven. Sorry, bro. Whatever, I can do it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> throw, throw, throw a little, throw a little, little extra weight on there. You know what I mean? Just what do you think on about? What do you think about chipping world records? You think that's cheap? Just chip no, it. I mean, look, you over? know what? It it is what it is. I mean, I don't think it's cheap. It's more weight. Right, right. It's more. I weight. mean, fuck. You're hitting eleven hundred pounds, and they're like, nope, eleven oh one, and you hit it. What is that cheap? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Just like, whatever, whatever way you want to do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's more weight. That's your world record. You know. Um, do you have any regrets? Because I've heard you um, a long time ago. You told me that uh, I think you said you benched like seven fifty five raw. 
I've been seven eighty five, bro. Jeez, you have any regrets that you were not able to do that? Yeah, on a platform? I do. And my wife told me because there was no raw movement, and I was doing it at the gym all the time. And she's like, "Just do it, just do it." And I'm like, "Why? Nobody gives a fuck." <laughs> you know, I should have done it, baby. You were right. I should have done it. I fucked up. You know, seven eighty five. Yeah, seven eighty five. I got of- I got eight hundred to here. I couldn't lock it out. Was a big part of that the board the board training? Like so, did everything's you, about board training? Did you hit like eight hundred off of one board? Or I've gone like eight fifteen off the of two boards before. Raw, raw. That's insane. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I, I mean, gotta, look, Spoto used to handle more board. Presses. Spoto used to do pin presses and stuff with over eight hundred pounds too. Yeah, you know, that's Eric wild. Spoto. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck you are, <laughs> but wake up, give me a call, motherfucker. Okay, I love you. <laughs> He does too much bodybuilding, though, you said. Well, you know what? I mean, I guess he's done now because of his yeah. shoulders. But uh, He's still know. handling some big weights. Dude, right. he's a gnarly dude, bro. He's, he's a gnarly dude. And he's legit. You know, all his lifts are legit. The man came out. He did his thing. I heard he hadn't posted in like two years. Yeah, he hasn't been. 2016. Yeah. Yeah. People haven't seen much from him in a while. What, what Is he think? still hanging out with Stan in Vegas? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard anything from Eric Spoto in a while. I mean, yeah. I, I text him here and there, so I, I know he's still around. Yeah. Um, I talked I, to his friend Brody more than I talked to him. I actually asked him a very interesting question for this podcast today in preparation for this podcast. I asked him who would win in an arm wrestling match. And he said, you know, you can never really tell what's going to happen, but if I was to bet, I'd bet on myself. Of course he would. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me tell you That'd something. That'd be a great showdown, though, don't you think? It would be a great showdown. I mean, we talked about it before, and then he disappeared. <laughs> Eric's a very emotional guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, I'm not talking shit about no, him. No, no, it's hard for I, him. Look, to... he's, a, he's a great friend, and he's a great athlete. It was tough and, for him to come out of his shell. And, and, and he's got a lot more perform. arm wrestling experience than yeah. I do. You know what I mean? I remember when I was training with him, I grabbed his hand one time, and I said, pull me, pull me. And he fucking, I swear to God, it felt like he could just rip my arm off my body. And <laughs> yeah. I was like... Holy fuck! Because you know, like when I was showing you out there, it's not—it's not your arm. Yeah, it's not it's pushing. Raw, it's your whole fucking body. Yeah. I don't know if you people have seen the arms that Eric Spoto has. <laughs> They're like forty-three and a half inches. They're like fucking ridiculous. It's—it's it's insane. Yeah. What do you think has like you know drawn you toward this for so long? Like why? Like you know why do you think you're still so obsessed with it? it seems like um, with the bench. Just just with lift. Just as like the whole lifting thing. Like you're. Um, uh, almost like possessed by it, right? Like it seemed like you probably sacrificed a lot of things. You had a had a great gym going. You're a very smart guy. You've had other businesses going over yeah, the years. I got a great gym going and now. There's, and there's a lot of opportunities that you probably just couldn't really get into because you were taking in so much time in the gym. You know, it was funny because Rich used to tell me, you know, these guys got all into YouTube and everything. And he's like, man, do you got to get into YouTube? Now's the time. And I just didn't do it because I wanted my name to be solidified as the greatest. You know, I didn't want to just be a YouTube guy. I just, I wanted to be something that, like when I walked in your gym today and the lifters came up and they were just like, Mendelssohn, blah, blah, blah. I mean, to me, that's solid. You know what I mean? When people are like, you're a legend. Dude, you know how fucking long I worked to have somebody say that to me? (laughs) It's like, and to me, that's reality. That's, you know, you hear the name Scott Mendelson, and there's no fucking question. I'm the only man in the world to ever break the raw and the equip record at the same time. You know, um, you're the first to do 800 pounds. 
No, I was a second. Rich Rich Lack hit it like 10 minutes before I did. 900? I don't know. I was a second to do 1,000. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I remember that. But I was the first flying. to do three lifts over 1,000 in one meet. Mm, wow. So I did it at the World Championships in 2010 in Florida. So And I got 1080 to a fourth. I got it to here. All I had to do was, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> I did 1003, 1014, 1025. And everybody on 1025, they're going, go, go 1080, go 1080. And I was like, no, because you guys remember when I was going for the thousand pounds, I bombed out for like two years mm. because I was just There's obsessed. There's a lot of that going on at the time, yeah. Yeah, I was just obsessed. I, don't, I, I could win every single meet that I do. But, you know, there becomes a point to where, what is a trophy? It's a piece of fucking metal that I end up throwing out eventually. Right. But world history, the history and the making of the world, to me, that's the most important thing. You know, and for two years, I didn't fucking finish a fucking meet. And then all of a sudden, I show up and I go three for three over a thousand. That's why I did it and didn't go 1080 because I was like, I want to be solidified. I fucked up. I should have gone 1080 on the third. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it is what it is. Yeah, so you've been just uh, drawn to it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not a plumber. <laughs> I'm not a finished carpenter. I can't do what other people do. I can only do what I do, just as they can't do what I do. So everybody has a purpose in this world, and I believe at this point, I know, I don't believe that this is what my purpose is. From the mindset perspective that you were talking about, was like every day and everything always set up around these world records? Powerlifting to me is a life. It's not something that I just do a few times a week. Everything I eat, everything I sleep, every supplement I take, Every single thing about life revolves around lifting, and that's what makes greatness. And it's been for a long-ass time. Well, you know what? I'm 50, and I look 49 and a half. I've done okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, people are like, fuck, you're 50 years old? Well, I wasn't going, like, with a cigarette having wrinkles on the side of my fucking face. Like, I went to my 30-year reunion. And I walked in, and these guys are like, man, dude, because they all know me from the internet. You know, they haven't, I haven't seen them forever. Dude, guys that I hung out with, I was like, who the fuck are you? And they were like, what? Did not recognize them. They look like old leather from the <laughs> drinking and the drugs and just the abuse of going through life. You know, you guys don't understand all the cigarettes and the alcohol and the drugs and everything that you do over a long period of time turns you into a piece of shit. <laughs> And that's the bottom line. Has there ever been a time where you like didn't want to do some of this stuff? Like you get done with one competition or you break a record and uh, you just, I don't know, you just don't want to do it? There's times when I'll you tell don't you, want to go to I'll the tell gym you, and stuff I'll like tell that? You, I'll tell you a story. Every single time I break a world record, I get up and the people are roaring. And I think to myself, all right, this is 30 seconds right here. And then it's fucking done and I got to train for the next one. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's over. Fuck. And I train for the next one. You just get right back into it. Yeah, what do I, you do? You just force yourself to do it or do you just love it that much? I love it that much. You know, like my son, 
Uh, my son's a gymnast. I don't know if you've seen him online and stuff like that. He's a level not. 10. He got a free ride uh, uh, to a university, which I cannot discuss yet. Cool. But I will in the future. But um, um, I've never had to throw him out of the car once. Every time I open that door, poof, he's gone. From when he was three. My, my son's been with the same coach since he was three years old. And it's the love of it. It's the glory. You know, when he was younger, he was taking, he was going to competitions. And, you know, I was like, you know, I'm Scott Mendelson. So I'm like, go out there and fucking kill them. <laughs> you know, and my wife's like, shut up, shut up. I mean, he's trying, he's doing the best he can. And, you know, and then he would like lose or whatever, you know, and I didn't say anything, but you know, at that moment, it's like, fuck for me, it's like win or die is, there's no, you know, it's no fucking second place, you know? So a few years ago, he looks at me and he goes, dad, you know, all that time you've been saying that to me, he goes, you were right. I get it. And, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, some of this come from like uh, someone in the family, like they come from your dad or come from your mom or like- my father was a professional football player. Um, he left me. That. He left me. And the day I broke my first world record, my phone rang. My grandfather was Rocky Marciano stable mate, 115 fights, 75 knockouts and nine losses. My grandfather knocked Rocky Graziano out. <laughs> okay. Um, he was at Gleason's gym in New York. It's a famous gym and yeah. he was training there and Rocky was fighting for the world championships that weekend. It was a Monday and they came in and they said, Hey, does anybody want to spar with Rocky? And my grandfather was like, fuck yeah, I'll spar with him." So they got crazy. My grandfather hit him with a left hook and dropped him. Now my grandfather's manager was the head of murder incorporated. He got the electric chair. Murder incorporated was an organization to where if you wanted me killed, you would call them. They would fly out, kill me, and fly back. Murder Incorporated. Sounds like a a great business. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's cut and dry, you know? So anyway, um, what happened was when he knocked Rocky out, Murder Inc. came in, and they took all the press's cameras, took the film out, paid them all off, and that weekend, Rocky won the world championship. So afterwards, they went to my grandfather, and they said, hey, you want to fight Rocky, you know? And he was like, fuck yeah, I want to fight Rocky. And I said, well, you got to go down in the fourth round. And my grandfather stuck his hand out and he said, hey, I appreciate everything you've done for me. Thank you for everything you've made my life. And he walked away from boxing. Mm. So, you Crazy. know. Yeah, so I fought. He got he the electric me. chair though, you said? Yeah, he got the electric chair. Holy shit. Yeah. For what? Just, Just for being... Just for being a nice guy. The the CEO of Murder Inc. You know what I mean? (laughs) He uh, was passing out business cards. Right. You know, marketing, marketing, networking, you know, Yahoo. (laughs) Um, You know, you mentioned, you know, you you ended up getting in a lot of trouble because you didn't uh, rat somebody out. Right. Did you, did you just kind of, did you end up in those spots a lot as a kid? Like where, did you have anger? Like, were, were you um, kind of always running with the wrong crowd? I, you know, I didn't have a father, the story of half of you people that are listening right now. And I didn't have direction. Um, and I got in with the wrong crowd because I was looking for something that wasn't in my life, you know. 
and uh, I ended up in the wrong circumstances, you know. I was running with gangs and leading my own gang and selling drugs and, you know, I mean, I was out of the house at 13 years old. I had a stepfather that used to, like, severely beat the fuck out of me every day. I'd go to school with a hickey all the way across my neck because he choked me out. You know, back in the day, there wasn't like, oh, you hit your kid, the child services is coming, you know. All of us were fucked up back then, you know what I mean? I'd walk out, my friends would be crying. I'd be like, what the fuck are you crying for? Because he got his ass kicked. I came out getting my ass kicked, you know. But, um, you know, it is. It's it was a situation to where, you know, I didn't want to get beat up all the time, you know what I mean? And this guy was a full-grown man beating the fuck out of me every day. You know, I'd go to school and get in a fight, and I was like, is that all you got? My dad beats me up way harder than you, you know what I mean? So I was a hardcore little motherfucker, you know, and yeah, I didn't do what I went to prison for, but you know what? If I had to do it all over again, I'd go back to prison because God sent me there. I'm not super religious or nothing, but I believe in something and everybody's got a path and, you know, going to jail made me Scott Mendelson. None of you people would be like, oh, you're such a legend, you're this, that, if I didn't go to prison, because I never would have started lifting weights. So thank you, God, <laughs> and I would fucking not change. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change nothing, because, man, if I could put a USB cord from my head to your head, it'd just be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, fuck, I have had such a blessed life and met the greatest fucking people in the world, and just the hell of a massage, by the way, you know what I mean? <laughs> and just, you know, and just everything. I mean, I have had, you know, if I died and I've said this a few times, I know you people have heard it before, but if I died right this second, Please I don't, don't. regret it. <laughs> I don't want to, but I don't regret anything in my life. I am fucking happy. I could look at myself in the mirror and I am complete. I feel great about myself and I feel great about what I've done and I feel great about the people that I've touched in my life. And, you know, I just, I, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just very grateful for what I've had and have in my life. What allowed you, do you think, you know, cause you were talking about your dad and the lack thereof, and you were talking about your son and you know, how you're in his life. You were, you're, you're impacting him. Well, what, made you not, I guess, follow that path? Because you see a lot of men, especially without fathers, they end up repeating the same exact thing. It well, you, like could you, go, you could go either way. Yeah. You know, there's a fork in the road. You got to know whether to go left or right. And the way that he made me feel, and by the way, I talk to my father now. I forgave him. Mm. Um, because if you don't forgive him, it'll burn a hole in your heart. It will make you a negative, bad person. And you know, I cried and, you know, I, I let it go. You know what I mean? But I would never, ever, ever make my kids feel the way he made me feel. Because it is the, you know, it was like weird. When I got married, it was like, oh, you know, I'm raising my kids. And it was like, there was no, hey, what did my dad do with me to, for me to reference? It was like half of the shit. I was like, fuck, I don't even know what to do. You know, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, how to do this, you know, and I did the best that I could. And you know what? I made some, some bad choices with them too. You know, competing and being the best in the world, you have to be greedy, you know, 
Um, I was traveling a lot. You know, I wasn't with my kids a lot. When I was there, I loved them and I told them and I kissed them and I hugged them and I'd be with them, you know. But for a big portion, shit, I was in France one week and Canada the next week and two weeks later at the Arnold and then in Africa a month after that. And, dude, I was just everywhere. And it was like I was on this mission and it was just like every time I went to a different show, my 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 benches were going up and up and up and up and up. And it was just like a fucking heroin habit. It's hard to come down from that high and then go home and then take out the garbage. No, I could do that. I just don't like the <laughs> smell of trash in my house. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? It's like kind of hard. Yeah. Like it's hard for a lot of people. A lot of my friends that are like in WWE and stuff, it's hard to hear the roar of like 50,000 people and then yeah. go home and yeah. have the wife, you know, frustrated with you that you haven't been around and you can, now you got to change diapers or <laughs> whatever the uh, obligations are around. The well, house. you know what? A lot of the reason why me and my wife are no longer together is because, you know, she wasn't really able to do what she wanted to do. In you know, you can't both be doing shit and have kids. You know, you know, I used to tell her, I said, look, I don't give a fuck if you make all the money, I'll stay home. But it's not like that. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, fuck, if there's $2 million in the bank and she made it all, I'll spend it just as well. I don't give a fuck. I thought you left her because she used to beat the shit out of you. I remember watching Actually, on, that Actually, that part kept me together with her. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can pull up some of those clips, Andrew. His, <laughs> she would beat the... Did she ever, like, catch you off guard and nail you with me. a good one? <laughs> she <laughs> she still hits me, yeah. I'll be at shows and she'll be there and I'll be like, come on, let's do it. Maybe she and hits you a little yeah. harder nowadays, huh? Dude, she <laughs> fucking... You know, she was a fighter. Oh shit! Oh yeah, she fought Muay Thai. She was a black belt in Kung Fu, dude. She benched four seventy five. <laughs> she was a fucking beast, bro. Jesus, you know. And she's a great mother. You know what I mean? Look, we're we're better friends than we ever were married. You know, we have a great relationship that's great. now. That's great to hear. That's yeah. Cool. Look, I'm preparing. I'm like, ah, oh, here she goes. She's gonna fuck me up right now. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, honey. Look, I could just get it over with. Get it over with. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> She's all <laughs> I like how she started hopping. She got excited. Oh, she like jumped more. off the fucking floor, man. <laughs> and you know what? It was weird because oh people did not bring their wives to powerlifting meets. Right. When we first started, she was the only one there. She'd wear a nice dress and come out and look good and just beat the fuck out of me. Within a year, everybody had chicks. <laughs> Everybody, Kara Bohegan's fucking socking cut Ryan Canelli in the nose. Oh yeah, I mean, it just it changed, you know. And I feel good about that. It was like, look, we changed shit, <laughs> right? You know, and I think for the better. Mm. You know, it was more entertaining. You know, I'm at the World Championships in Africa. There's three thousand fucking people, dude. When she's smacking me, I hear the whole fucking auditorium. Ooh, ooh. You know, it was just like, wow. I was like, they didn't even give a fuck about my lift, bro. They just wanted to see me get cracked. You know what I mean? <laughs> see if you can find We'd walk up and they would be like, are you going to hit him? Are you going to hit him? I was like, hey, fucker, why don't you ask me if I'm going to hit the bench? <laughs> you know? <laughs> see if you can find a picture of uh, Scott and uh, Ryan Canelli. Legendary picture of you guys. Oh, facing each other? Yeah. It's I sick. just broke you guys his. both so jacked. I just <laughs> broke his world record and he was at the meet. He wasn't competing. And he took a shirt off, and I just got off the bench. That's why I was all red. And we just did the the fighter thing head to head, and it was an iconic picture. 
<laughs> and it's fucking great. And then somebody, a lot of mass and then in one somebody, shot. somebody made it like a jail cell. Yeah, you know? there we go. That's the original right there. I just broke the record. <laughs> you know, that's sick. It's like two guys up over three hundred something pounds. Right? Yeah, I was about three fifty right there. Jesus, yeah. and both of you are pretty lean too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's pretty crazy because like you, you guys are both talking about like 800, 900, 1000. And it sounds like from my point of view that this is like, you know, the four minute mile when one person broke it, yeah. then everybody just started breaking right. shit. What was that for the bench press? You know, you got to understand there's only five dudes in the world that have ever gone over a thousand to this day. Mm. It's a very small club. But the bench press did go bonkers for a period of time when oh. you were starting to hit those lifts because- yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, that changed powerlifting forever. It changed everyone's totals and stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it really shook things up. Well, I'll tell you, you know Gary Frank, right? Yeah. Well, Gary had a 26.10 total, and he was hitting a 738 bench. And he comes to me, and he's like, you know, I go, dude, I'll help you on the bench. And he's like, really? So I told him everything I wanted him to do, and he was calling me up going, fuck, dude, I'm dying, I'm dying. I said, just shut up and keep going. Keep doing what I tell you. And he calls me up one night and he goes, I just hit a 935. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> then he competed. His total went from 2610 to 2810. And it, all his other lifts were the same. I think he's the first guy to do 27, 28, yeah. 2900 yeah. pounds. Yeah, and Gary is an icon. I mean, Hall of Famer, Bulldog, you know. Uh, he had the shot put world record. Yeah. I mean, dude. I think he played for the Atlanta Falcons. He did. He got kicked out of the NFL for being too violent. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy shit. I think he's still trying to lift heavy and stuff. I think he's kind of he's, beat up he, he had a little heart issue. Oh, did so he? So he, he kind of took off. But he, like I saw him, he was like 250. And I was like, how the hell did he do that? He lost like 150 pounds. He and, could very well be the strongest power lifter ever. I mean, this guy. Yeah, he was a beast. He, ripped he would take 1,100 pounds out of the squat rack and run with it backwards. Boom, boom. Looked like he was going to fall over, and he would just run. And he uh, deadlifted over 900 pounds. I mean, he was just a absolute. Jeez. There's just so many cool tales about him. I've heard that he was a beast. In, at the WPO days that he, like, it wouldn't even warm up. He would just do, like, toe touches before well, he went he out Well, he would warm up. He's, his warm-up's kind of like my bench warm-up. He'll go one plate, two plates, three plates, 900. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I do the, That's how I warm up on the bench. Because you, you throw your gear on. Or yeah, whatever, you throw right? your gear on. Right. Once you throw your gear on, then you're you're good to go. So <laughs> That's yeah. a crazy warm-up. Yeah. Wait, seriously, one plate, two plates, three plates, 900. Like, yeah. Shit. I still do it. What uh, what made you turn the corner when you were young? Did like Usually there's somebody in somebody's life, or did you just kind of like wake up one day and just say, I, I don't, you know, I'm out of jail. I don't, I don't want to do this shit anymore. I, I need to make changes. Or did you have? That's what happened to me. That's it. I never had a role model. You know, I wished I did. Yeah. You know, everybody's like, oh, who's your favorite power lifter? Myself. <laughs> Me. Me. You know, I never had a, you know, I mean, I love the Ed Cones and the Captain Kirks right, right, right. and, you know, all those guys were fucking great, but I never looked at them as like, there was never a bencher that I was like, oh, I'm going to be like him. It was always, I'm going to be like me. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's just always how it was. I just... I knew that I was something different, you know, and I had to go and take what was mine because nobody ever was going to give me anything. So I had to work harder than everybody else, and I had to be more consistent than everybody else. You know, I was eating 12,000 calories a day. Um, you know, I'm known for going with the food because food is where it's at. <clears throat> if you're not eating right, you could take all the shit in the world and, 
you know, take all the protein shakes in the world. But I mean, I still go 40 egg whites a day. I eat five pounds of red meat. Um, I don't eat that much carbs um, because I'll get big, you know. Um, Bigger. Well, this is a ballerina dancer for me. <laughs> when you're 390 and then you're 300, it's like, pff, <laughs> it's nothing. You know what I mean? So. You, uh, do you, I mean, today, you know, you, we had some uh, bagels and stuff like that. Do you, uh, do you eat like healthy or just kind of like get whatever you get? I eat pre-contest. On? Yeah. Um, I, twice, twice a week I'll eat, you know, shitty, all Chinese food or, mm-hmm. uh, eat sushi or something like that. But I eat, my staple is either, I found a white sweet potato that's like fabulous. I don't eat potatoes. I don't eat white rice. Japanese sweet potato, right? Uh, I don't know what it is. Yeah, they're delicious. It's white. It tastes like, uh, it's a super sweet. Tastes really good. I love it. A little bit of butter on it. Yeah. Amazing. I go butter and sour cream and boom. I mix it. (laughs) I microwave it, put that, squeeze it, and you know, that's it. But I go either sweet potatoes or brown rice. Uh, A protein, I'm a cilantro freak. I eat like two or three bundles of cilantro every day. And I love tomatoes. So that's my staple. Sometimes I'll put blue cheese dressing in it. Sometimes I'll put salsa in it. Um, I can eat the same thing all the time, you know. You mentioned, uh, you know, really just kind of doing like whatever it takes to to be the best. Um, what what did that cost you in terms of like friends and in terms of like training partners? Because I know the days, you know, when I was lifting in my bench shirt, the workouts would take hours. Well, you know what? I have a team. I have a team that I train with. Um, I got a liftoff guy, my boy Mark. That's that's great. He wasn't there. I had my boy Phil for a while. What about the really jacked guy you used to have? That was Mo Muhammad Anudi. That guy was fucking insane. He was an IFBB pro. No one ever even watched your bench when that guy lifted off. That guy was a fucking. He got that size just to lift me off. I bet he bulked up because he knew he goes. This one's going to be iconic. There was so. some video of him lifting off with no shirt, and he yeah. was just like, everyone was like, "Who is that guy?" Yeah, he's a, he was a fucking freak. <laughs> yeah. He's in the weed business now, so he's <laughs> he's done. He's like two hundred pounds now. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah, but he's healthy and he's you know rich. He's living <laughs> his fucking life. You know, I love him. Did you end up going through a lot of friends and training partners and stuff? Like, I still do because of how. Yeah, I still do. You know, it's 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 very trying. There are some nights where guys don't show up. I can't lift. Um, but right now, I I got it pretty going on. I, I I'm benching one time a week right now. Um, I bodybuild the rest of the week. So I'm doing full support work for four or five days, and then I'm arm wrestling. I power lift on Mondays. I arm wrestle on Tuesdays. And then I'm doing support work for arm wrestling and bodybuilding for my powerlifting. What's your best deadlift? I deadlifted over 900. I did 900 for six reps when I was younger. Um, but I don't have an ankle anymore, so I, I don't really fuck with 900 just, pounds, a regular deadlift? Yeah, regular deadlift back in oh the day. Oh, my God. And then what's your best squat? I squatted a thousand pounds with no suit on before. Damn! I remember you saying that in that movie, yeah. uh, Power Unlimited. Yeah. Nobody, nobody believed it. No, I did. I did. That's insane. I did. It wasn't a powerlifting squat. Right. It was a bodybuilding squat. So you know, I was like above parallel. Right. Um, but back when I was Regardless, doing that, that's I wasn't insane. Well, you got to understand when you have heavy weight, that's what gets you big. You know what I mean? Um, I'll do rack pulls with like eight hundred pounds out of the rack right now. I'll just, I put a weight down on the play, on the uh, floor and then I'll pull out of that. But, you know, I'll do short motions and stuff because I'll fuck Jesus myself Christ. up. We're know? doing something wrong, man. We got to start working out yes. harder or something. Yeah. You know what it is, bro? You remember Randy Couture? Yeah. You remember he was world champion 
and then he stopped for a year and a half and he came back, what happened to him? Yeah, he got better, right? He mopped. He got mopped. Mm. Oh, he, he got a guy's ass kicked. Right. At the age that I'm at now, I could never stop. Oh. Because if you stop, you lose it. You know, that's why Canelli can't bench much like he used to because he was in prison for too long. He's jacked as fuck and he's hitting good weight, mm-hmm. but he just, he's, that's why he's not competing. So even when you're, I heard he's going to start competing again. So we'll see. Oh, that'd be great. Even but when you're uh, doing like all the arm wrestling competitions, you were still maintaining that bench. Like you were bench. I all did the time. it until my last arm wrestling competition. I was over a thousand pounds. And then I did this pay per view in Poland where I popped a tendon and I got killed. The dude was a, his name is uh, Alex Kordeka. He's the best arm wrestler in Poland. He's one of the top guys in the world. Yeah. And uh, and I lost. It was honorable. He beat my ass 6-0. It was a super match, six matches. And on our first match, I hit him, boom, and I started nailing him, and something popped in my arm. So I thought my arm broke. So I went back, and my coach, my arm wrestling coach, Vazgan Segoyan, he's a three-time world champion. I said, dude, pull on my arm. He's already talking about it. I go, I think my arm's broken. He's like, what? He pulled my arm. Nothing happened. I couldn't grip him. He kept just nailing me. So shit happens. You know, when you're at a top level in any sport, it's like a drag car. You know, you're at the top peak. And, and you know, when you're in a Toyota, you can burn it out all day and nothing happens to it. But when you're in a top fuel car, shit happens. You know? What's up with your uh, sister? Does she still have a gym? Yeah, she's got blue collar barbell in New York. Um and she was always insanely strong. Yeah, she squatted about 870 at 170 pound body weight. So she's in competition? Not yet, but okay. she's going to. She's wow. going to. She caught, she uh, did the, the WPO. Yeah. And uh, she lost against this like 250 pound black girl. I can't remember her name from mm-hmm. Texas. She's a beast. There's um, some strong. She looks like Kai Green. It's oh, the craziest <laughs> shit, dude. It could be Kai Green's sister. There's some strong women out there right now. There it's are. Insane. Yeah. There are. That chick that went the other day, I can't remember her name. She's like 119 pounds. Yeah, Steffi. Mm-hmm. Beast. Holy shit. And she's hot, too. Yeah. She's <laughs> 500 pounds. Yeah, and, dude. I mean, she's a beast. I saw her online. I was like, God damn, look at this chick. She's yeah. something. Yeah, she's in good shape, too. It's unbelievable. Um, what uh, you know? You how'd you get into this arm wrestling thing? Like, how did this happen? You know? Well, I got in a car accident. I don't know if you remember, and I messed yeah, up I my do. left shoulder, and uh, it was really fucking bothering me. So I stopped, and this guy calls me up, and he's like, "I'm your biggest fan. Let me come out and see. You. I want to talk to you." This is Travis Bajant right here. He's one of the best guys in the world. And I spanked and his he's, ass. He's crazy too. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's crazy. all fired up. And then afterwards, he lied and said he let me win. Like, I'm the best in the world at bench, yet he let me come into his sport and beat him. Crushed Because it. it makes total sense, right? Right, right. right. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, so he comes over and he goes, hey, uh, you want to arm wrestle? And I was like, I don't know. He goes, and it was a practice at this Mexican restaurant, and Travis was there. So we locked up together, and we started going, and he stopped. And I'm like, what's up, dude? Did I do something wrong? He goes, no, it's just... I'm afraid that one of our arms are going to break and I'm, I don't want it to be mine. And I was like, really? And then I just started arm wrestling and I got good at it. And mm. It's a very, very, very technical sport. Um, you know, there's How some long serious, you been doing it for? about four years, about four years. I got this little injury right now, so I got to take some time off. 
Um, I tried to work through it, but it's a tendon thing and the tendon stretched out. So the only way I can heal is by not doing it. Mm. But it's good because my wrist is straight on the bench. It's only when I'm twisting my wrist. Mm. So it doesn't affect me on the bench. And like I said, Monday I hit a 1018 very easily and I had room. So I felt good. You know, it was like I hit that on Monday and I thought to myself, Scott Mendelson, there you are. All right. You know, (laughs) felt great. It was like, I just got laid. (laughs) <laughs> what's, the, what's the goal with arm wrestling try to win a world championship yeah is that what totally, we're trying to do here totally um i know people are gonna you know kill me if i don't ask a, a few of these uh specific bench questions since we have one of the all-time greats if not the greatest bench presser of all time um what are maybe two or three favorite assistance exercises for bench pressing you know what i like doing close grip triceps uh, bench press, that's a big one. Um, any specific way? Do you do them any differently than a normal? I just go press? to where the knurling stops, right? And I'll do sets of five on that. Rear delts is a huge thing. So Forza actually made me a rear delt machine with a four hundred pound stack on it. Damn. So I'll do sets and sets of rear delts because when you're benching and you drive through and you're pinch back, when you stop and then you go to forward like this it's the rear delt that's going to help it yeah you know so rear delts are super super important what's legs the, what's the rear delt machine it's just like it's, it's like a wanna, pec deck yeah yeah just you go reverse the other way yeah yeah so you do those any specific way or just normal? what i do is i'll do singles oh, and single arm. yeah i'll put my left pec against the pad i understand and I i'll grab saying. and then i'll come from here and i twist my body it's a wide row yeah, yeah 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 and i'll cheat it with my body just to get that extra. And then when I do my left, I'll put my right pec on there. You know, any of you guys ever need training, I do it online. Um, you can get, you can get, get at me at mendysgym at gmail.com or you can give us a call at 818-616-3161. I got guys that fly in from all over the world that I train. Um, it looks like I'm going to be touring Arizona for some seminars oh, shortly. Cool. So I'm going to be doing that. And uh, if you guys want a seminar, uh, give me a call. Let me know. You guys own gyms. You want some people, you know, to be taught the right way. But I'll tell you right now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't fuck around. My bench style is extremely aggressive. Um, the work is extremely real. So remember in life, nobody's going to fucking give you shit. You need to trample over their skulls and take what you want. <laughs> Otherwise you ain't getting shit. Cause you know what? They'll smile at you and say, Oh yeah, I want to help you. And blah, blah, blah. That's all bullshit. It's like the articles in the bodybuilding magazines about the routines that the pros give. That's not their routines. They're just too insecure to give you the truth. Sorry, I'm the one to tell you that. So you just make people work their ass off if they're going to do a seminar. Make people work hard. Maybe not in the seminar, but the workload that I'm going to teach you is real. You know, I do legs every single week. You know, legs are a huge part of bench press. You know, I bench off of my lower body. You know, like I told you, when that bench is swaying back and forth, I don't stabilize it from here. I just let the ride go. I'm tightening my hips up and my hamstrings, and I'm shoving those ankles down, and I'm stabilizing it, and it'll stop with your lower body. Okay, you'll tear pecs and biceps and, you know, shoulders and everything else trying to stabilize from your upper body. So never do that. How do you train your whole body but avoid jacking yourself up for the bench so like do you use a safety squat bar or like do you squat i don't squat anymore i can't because of my ankle i I use a super squat 
So I'll have the, you know, the super squat where the pads go over your shoulders. Yep. So I use that. I'll go a thousand pounds for 20, 30 reps. I'll, I'll, I'll hammer some shit out. I train legs like a bodybuilder, but I train them heavy, you know? So like um, high reps? I'll do eights to twelves, but I'm on machines. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, doing bodybuilder. Yeah. I'm doing bodybuilder style exercises. Look, the bottom line is I was a bodybuilder before I was a powerlifter. Oh, and bodybuilders that. know more about supplements. They know more about nutrition. You know, that's how I was able to get ahead because you fucking fat, dumb powerlifters don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> you know? I and that's why, that. I mean, even right now, I got abs. You know what I'm saying? So it's like everything, it's not about being fat. You know, everybody's like, oh, the belly, the belly, the belly. If you learn how to arch and distend your stomach outward, you don't need to be fat. You know? Live instead of fucking dying at 40 like the rest of these dudes do. Fuck that. I want to live. I want to be able to move. I want to be able to fuck. <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> Yo, Scott, like, I'm, I'm curious because how you just benched 1018 and right now, like, your your other ankle, there's no ankle there. Right. So how, how did your bench press form change to, like... I wear a boot. That's okay. And the boot is about, I, I, they took about two and a half inches out of my, out of my, they took the ankle out mm-hmm. and there's only one bone hanging onto my foot. It's fused directly to my foot. The other bone is bolted to my leg, to the other bone. So it won't flap around. Yeah. So there's only one bone holding up, but, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's all hips. Mm. Everything's about the hip. The hip is the biggest, strongest joint in the body. When you deadlift, where are you coming from? Hips. When you squat, where are you coming from? Hips. My bench style is just a lying down squat. That's a great way to look at it because now you're going to protect your shoulders and elbows and 100%. everything else. Yeah. 100%. My left shoulder's fucking fried. I don't have a pec in my left. You know, it's torn off. But by superseding it, by pinching the shoulder blades together and the elbows in, you're using your inner triceps like a pry bar. So you're able to use your whole body to bench instead of just one part or two parts. Mm-hmm. Everything's a system. You know, it's quite scientific. There's four or five things going on in the deadlift. There's four or five, six things going on in the squat. There's 42 different movements going on in the bench press. My bench style takes a year to learn. There's a lot of shit to remember. Do you think like every body type can be- like bench similar way to the way you bench? Absolutely. Or, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Even if you got longer legs yeah. and so on. I mean, look, everybody like, you know who Michael J. White is? Yeah. Michael yeah. J. White's like my brother. You know, <laughs> he's smart. We're rebranding We've the gym right now. I, stra- I strength train Michael J. White. That's um, he's sick. my boy. He's, he's just an incredible human being. That's fucking awesome. We just did a bunch of filming at my gym. We, he's doing a new fitness thing and he's training at my gym and he's, doing the whole film thing at my gym. So, and yes, I was authorized. I'm allowed to talk about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, he came to me and he's like, oh, I can't deadlift. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You can't deadlift. So he's like, yeah, you know, my body's not built for it. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, who the fuck told you that, yeah, bro? What kind of information like, What are you that? talking about? So I showed him and he was like, oh my God. You know, everybody, they think when they deadlift, you know, pull from your arms and your back. The deadlift is all hamstring and glute and hip. You know, yeah. a squat. You people think a squat is a quadricep exercise. It's not. It's hamstring, glute, and hip. 
You know, that's why you guys are blowing your knees out because you're trying to go from the front of your leg. If you lead from the back of your body, you're much more stable, much more secure. And that's where the real weight comes from. Yeah, on every lift. Every single lift. I don't care what it is. Any compound movement, that back of the leg is your money. A knee is like a door hinge. There should be no pressure on it whatsoever. It should be able to bend. All the pressure should be from the hip and glute and hamstring area. And yeah, I'm a bencher, but I train all three lifts, you know, and I'm blowing my YouTube channel up. Yes, guys, I'm going to start doing some more YouTube stuff. I just, I'm a fucking caveman. <laughs> I, I need to learn how to do this. So I'm, I'm, I'm on it. We're, we're doing some shit. So what's a way, some good stuff. What's a way that you teach people to use their lats? Cause it's a weird, it's a hard cue for some newer people. What do you mean lats? Uh, you know, people, uh, you know, like when they're bench pressing. So I heard you say, and I forgot to mention it earlier, when you were describing how you bench press, one of the first things you said is that you pull. So you pull the weight down. That's unconventional for a lot of people. People are thinking you're just kind of dropping the weight. Right. You're actually pulling the weight. So how do we kind of teach people? I'm not people? pulling from the lats. Okay. I'm pulling from my rhomboids. I'm pulling from my traps. I'm pulling from my rear delts. I'm pulling from my ass and hips and hamstrings and triceps. So are there specific exercises you show people that can help them mimic that? Or what is it just I do, get on the damn bench? What I do is I put them on the bench and I'll have them get into the form. I had, a, I had my boy Jesse from Arizona. He came out last week to train with me. In one workout, I put 36 pounds on his PR, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the thing about it is, is everybody benches from here. So what I do is I have a drill, I call it the Mendy drill, and I'll have them prop up into a bench position and I'll take my fists and I'll put them into their shoulders and I tell them, this is what I want you to do. Bring your heels down and drive and slide your shit right through my fists. So they'll slide and it'll go up above my hands. I go, no, 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 no. When you bench, you're in an arch, so your trap should be dug into the bench as you bench press. And I'll have them drill, and they're fucking dying. I mean, the next day they wake up, their back and their and their legs are killing them, because that's where you're benching off of. You know, I have a analogy, and you guys will trip out on this. You know, the tidal wave that hit Thailand a couple years back, it was a nine foot wave. Mm -hmm. Okay, a nine foot wave you could surf. So basically, your arms are the nine foot wave. What did the damage to Thailand was not the nine-foot wave, but it was all the ocean in back of the nine-foot wave that came in. So when you bench, this is only the contact point. I'm, boom, driving through my whole body, and this motion this way, you take this, and as you move back this way, you're here. So your inner triceps and your hams and your glutes and your hips are attached. I call it a seesaw effect. So as I'm coming down, I'm this way. As I'm going up, I'm this way. So it's uh, uh. So you're going like this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're saying that your head comes up off of the, the bench then? Like, head has nothing to do with no. it. Yeah, but yes, my head comes off the bench. Okay. I'll just say, because like I hear- Your head is like your- it's like, you know, a crane, mm -hmm. a crane is this huge thing that lifts like all kinds of crazy shit up. But that little glass booth where the dude sits 
that's where all the action comes from. Gotcha. Which is your head. So when I bench, I get a lift off. I'm here and I'm looking around. This is a separate body in my mind than all this. This is the glass case where the guy's going like this. This is taking all the control from this. And I call that a mind-to-muscle link-up. Makes a lot. Of, makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah, it really right? does. Right. Um, let's talk about. So, in 2013, um, you were trying to uh, break. I think Eric Spoto. I think he broke your record at the time. No, he hadn't broken it yet. Hadn't I was trying yet. to break my record. You were trying to break your right. own record, and um, you ended up having a, a tear that really just fucked things up for for uh, a while for you. Right. Um, I remember, you know, like in the warm up room, you were you were going through your progressions and stuff, and and I think, unfortunately, I think like when you got to the platform, I was cold. Yeah, and I, I think that I don't even I don't know if we had like the right people up there that were helping you in the, the warm up room. On the, the guy on the left, and someone gave you a lift off from the side, and the other side didn't give you a lift off. It was like a three. No, that man. happened on the platform. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah it happened on the platform in the warm up room. I think they got it right for you. It was you. perfect. And then for some reason, something got jacked up once you got the guy, out there. The guy on, when I hit the seven sixteen. The guy on the left dropped the weight on me. No shit. So what happened was my elbow flared out, and I was trying to get it back in, and when I hit the bottom, it was like this. It was out a little bit, but the weight wasn't heavy because I had done it a million times. I was good. So when I threw it up, it was like 30 guitar strings. I was like, and it popped off. Damn. So it was, it was kind of crazy, but I was ready that day, you know, but it wasn't, wasn't my time. Now, that was my exit that day. <laughs> yeah, shit happens, right? Hey, you know what? When you're in this sport, like I told you, you're at the max. You're in the dragster. Shit happens. Motors blow. Things happen. So when it comes to you know any and all things, you know a lot of performance enhancing drugs are utilized in this sport and bodybuilding and many sports. Um, I I, if, I think if I remember correctly, you were talking about taking something to hype you up for the bench or something like that like nitroglycerin or something no no wild. no i just do ammonia ammonia yeah i do ammonia. i thought you were talking about something really insane. no 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 and then um, no see how calm i am yeah that's you're definitely sure. not my nitroglycerin <laughs> 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 i'm like yeah okay <laughs> um and then like i mean so you've been doing this for a long time um and, uh, you know, when you're chasing after something so hard, it can be unhealthy in some ways. Do you get blood work done and stuff? Do you get things I do. checked out? I do. I got a guy named uh, Fong in L.A. that does my blood work and monitors me, and I, I'm I'm, tell, I'm taken care of. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's smart because, you know, it, it can, this kind of stuff can, uh, can really take its toll on you when you've been uh, pushing so hard for so long. Yeah. Seven seven hundred sixteen point five pounds. We're watching him uh, set up for it. The guy's kind of pushing him uh, into helping. And I'm on my traps position. right there. Yep, just like you said. And this kind of shit is always hard to watch, especially when it's somebody you know. You're just like, well, you oh, know what? It's okay. I was there. Don't worry about it. See right there. No, my elbow is out right there. If you right. can see that left elbow, and watch right. my pec. Boom. Boink. <sighs> Yeah, just dives right in there. Yeah, it, it, you know, it was a bad day. And what sucked is I drove up here. Oh, man. Dude, I had to drive 11 hours back home, and it was like every fucking bump I hit, I was just like, oh, God, please get me home. 
It was brutal. Was part of going for that lift, was that kind of because Eric Spoda was, was coming around at that time and he was starting to no, hit bigger raw benches? I can't no, remember. No, I was just having fun. Yeah. You know, I was just having fun. I was in shape. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was just trying to get my world record a little bit higher, you know. About how many exercises would you do in a given workout when you were kind of prepping for these contests? Well, raw I, anyway. Well, when I'm benching, I just bench because when the weight's so heavy, I can't do support work during the same workout. So I'll just bench when I bench, and then you take your elbows are like jello. And then a couple days later, you know, I'll do legs the next day, so I don't have to mess with my elbows. Um, and then I do bodybuilding. You know, I'll do biceps, I'll do triceps, I'll do shoulders, I'll do a lot of trap work, um, back, chest, you know, the whole thing. What type of specific, like, trap work did you do? I have a trap exercise that J.M. Blakely taught me. And it's in a Smith machine. You can do it on a barbell, too, but I'll pick it up, and then I'll roll my traps forward, and then I'll bring my head into it. And I'm, what I'm doing is I'm pushing my neck into my traps. Like, feel my traps, Mark. Like, my traps are here, right? No, no, keep your hand Feels on like it. the table. Keep your hand <laughs> on it. I'm here, and I'll squeeze forward here, and then I'll squeeze back oh, into yeah. my trap. And then I just stay forward and squeeze back, and I'll just do that. And it works. I got my neck to 28 and a half inches like that. Right now, it's about 25 and a half. So... That's insane. That's like not even, you're not even really a shrug. It's just kind of the movement of your head. Yeah. But yeah. you're, you're taking the intensity and you're putting that into your trap. Right. So it's neck and trap involved. Yeah. It's a great exercise you taught me. Never thought of doing anything like that. Yeah. Little, yeah. little tricks of the trade. I'll show you guys after we get out of here. What's some of the training uh, that you do for arm wrestling? Arm wrestling specific exercises, a lot of forearm work. Like, you know what? Before I started arm wrestling, I never could really contract my forearm. When I contract my forearm, I feel the head of my forearm right here, like a bicep. You know what I mean? Um, I never felt that before. So I developed that. We do a lot of wrist work, a lot of bicep work. And in bicep work, instead of coming all the way down and doing this, because you're in arm wrestling and you're here. So we'll go from here, boom, 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 this way. Not full because in arm wrestling, you're here the whole time. By the mm -hmm. time you get here, you've lost. Mm. You know, except if you're doing a king's move. Which a king's move is like, watch. Like, wait, come over here. Uh-oh, here we go. I'm going for a ride, I think. <laughs> okay. Grab my arm. Now I'm going to come down like this. Pin me. Pin me as hard as you can. Go. And what I'm doing is I've locked my wrist. Right. And this is a king's move. So you're sta stabilizing. Yeah, so I'm stabilizing in here. And go ahead as hard as you can. Go ahead, do it. Go. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to be there, right? Are you doing that on purpose? No, like, I do it on purpose. Yeah, to, wear, to maybe wear the named, guy out. There's a guy named Michael Todd, and he's the king of the king's moves. Oh. Um, I beat him at the Arnold. He fouled out, and then they told me I lost. Dude, it's political as fuck. But if you go online, like look up me versus Michael Todd. Like, he's he's lost already, and I'm like going, what the fuck is that to the judge yeah. while I'm holding him? Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, we, we sort of, uh, we're going to meet again. I'm going to fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, though. Like, after four years. Now, Michael had... Todd is one of the best in the world. He's hmm. like the real deal. Yeah. And watch, he'll hit me. 
And the guy, the judge, the guy's, the guy's name is Leonard. He's one of the best judges in the world, but he just wasn't watching. And then afterwards, he was like, look, I made a mistake. He's an honorable man. He made a mistake, mm. and, you know, things happen. See right there? We slip out, and now they'll strap us up. Yeah, it's interesting when they strap you together. Why don't they just strap you together in the beginning? Because it's just hand on hand. Yeah. If you slip, then they strap you. Got it. So they'll strap us up. They got you locked into each other now. And then you're locked in. See, when it's not strapped, then they can attack my hand and do all that kind mm. of stuff. But once you're strapped up, then it's all about power. Yeah. And as you know, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I got that power. Now watch, he'll hit me. I don't have what it, what's called a hit when they just go boom. Right. I don't know how to do that really good yet. So watch. He'll hit me and we'll just go down. I hold him. So he starts aggressively and explosively. Watch. Seems like this would be frustrating. <laughs> you know what? It's it's a uh, it's chess. Hmm. Is what it is. I saw the uh, documentary uh, Pulling John. That was pretty damn cool. Yeah. See him? He, yeah. went, he hit me. Yeah. And now we're in position. And now you're in a spot where you can just hold him for a little while. I got him. And watch. I'll come up to get him. I go to pin him. It's almost Jeez. like you're trying to have him wear himself out. That's what I'm doing. He's trying to wear yeah. me. His elbow's at a weird angle. <laughs> and look, once your elbow comes off the pad, you foul. Mm-hmm. And he's pulling off the pad multiply. Right. And they're not, see, he's off the pad right there. And then this right there, he's off, the, he's off the pad again. He, they should, and then I go to get him, and then he stops and says that I fouled. Mm. He said that you took your elbow off. And I didn't. So then they restart us. See? He says I elbow fouled. Got to be pretty tired at that point, right? No, I do six hours of cardio a week, bro. I'm good to go. What kind of car? You mentioned you're on life a cycle. bike, but um, yeah. do you go pretty hard? Yeah, I mean, I go at about 135 heart rate. Oh, yeah, that's, you know, oh, that's but good. But I'll do an hour at a time. That's a good clip. Yeah, no, it's cool. That's that's really good. So you do, you do it six days a week? I do six hours of cardio a week. Damn. Well, dude, everything's cardio involved, bro. It is. You're you know, right. if you've got no gas then you have no reason to do anything. You can't do anything. Well, you can't recover from one workout to the next very well either, you know? Right. And that's a huge factor. <clears throat> I think a lot of powerlifters are, are missing. They should No be. powerlifters do cardio. It's they're scared they'll lose muscle. Yeah, they're always terrified to lose muscle mass. Bro, the muscle that you lose, you don't need anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? What I mean is the amount of muscle that that's going to take right. from you is yeah. not even enough to complain about. <laughs> It's like, exactly. get over it and get on the cardio, you lazy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. All right, now watch. Here it is. You'll hit me again. Boom. I got him. Look yeah. at his elbow. Elbow's yep. completely oh, yeah. off. He should have been done right there. Yeah. Now watch. Look, I'm pointing. What the fuck is that, Leonard? <laughs> and then look. Yeah, he, he look look watch i fouled now i'm like what the fuck and then arnold was right there and i was like about to go nuts and i was like all right pull it together people <laughs> so i walked off i was like okay because you know in powerlifting you can't tell the ref to go fuck himself and you know what mistakes happen 
it just sucks that you train your ass off and they just don't see it. Mm. You know? You know what I did to him afterwards? I walked up to him. I said, hey, brother, thank you. And walked away. I'll get it a different That's time. the best thing you can do. That's all you can do. But inside. <laughs> inside. The, the rage. <laughs> but you know what? I had a good experience. And then, you know, arm wrestlers hate my fucking guts. All of them do. Every time I win, oh, man, he's a piece of shit. Blah, 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 blah. After that, it went on. Mendelssohn will be world champion. He did win, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, all right, I got some respect for like a day. Then they were like, fuck Mendelssohn. <laughs> With, uh, you know, all the injuries and all the different things that have happened, um, you know, how have you been able to manage pain? Because you mentioned like so many surgeries and things like that. And I've had, you know, both of my brothers have, you know, I've lost one brother and the other brother's been hooked on painkillers and alcohol you know and different I things think, you ever get caught I up think in that? no i never got caught up in that i think i'm the only strength training guy that's not on a pill habit mm. you know i take naproxen um it's an anti-inflammatory right it's like a leave or something yeah like and i and i'm a thorough believer in ice i soak my my wrists and my elbows and my ankles i go 15 20 minutes in and i mean in a have you ever put your limb in an ice bucket before? Mm -hmm. For the first five minutes, you're in fucking agony. Yeah, and then it goes numb, and then you're just sitting there watching TV, you know? Like so, But I'll tell you, when you come out of it, you're great. And another thing, back to the cardio. Cardio sucks, people. I hate it just like you do. But I'll tell you, when I'm done with the cardio, nothing hurts. Mm. Nothing in my body hurts. It's like everything's warm, everything feels beautiful. You know, it's like, you know, in a system, in any kind of system, you can't leave out, it's like you can't build a motor and not put oil in it. You, you have to do every step of the system. If you don't, then it's not a system. And it's the consistency of a system, and it's the willpower to be consistent. Mm. You know, the the thing is, it's like you just got to keep coming back. It's like, you know, all this time, every time I weighs, when I first benched 600, you know, everybody thinks it's all muscular, but it's not muscular. It's a central nervous system that controls the muscular system. And as you train and train, you ever have the best workout of your life? And then the next day for like a month, you're just like, holy fuck, what the fuck is going on? Well, you killed your CNS out. Now, there's good things and bad things. The good thing is, is that when you kill your CNS out, if you're benching 600, when you come back, you're benching 620, 625, and then you kill it out again, and then you're doing 645, and all the way up to 1,100 pounds. I've killed my central nervous system out like 300 times. <laughs> it's taken all these years to make it happen. So... You know, it's it's the dedication, and it's training right. Now, the bad thing about it is, if you have a competition coming up, and you kill your CNS out, you're fucked. <laughs> you're running at 60%, mm. and you're not going to be doing what you should be doing in that show. Mm. So there's a knowledge about training, and that's learning your body on how much to push before each show. You go back and forth, you know, between going heavy and going lighter because you said you bench once a week, once a week, and you're at that thousand pound mark. I go now. twice a week when I can. When I get ready to compete, I'll go once a week. Uh, both kind of heavy. Both. I go heavy, heavy, heavy all the time, 
all the time. Heavy, 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 heavy. Would you do that even when you were raw? Even when I was raw, yeah. You just push whatever's there. You just take whatever's there. No, I mean, I have an itinerary of what I'm okay. supposed to be doing, but I don't max out every single time. But if I'm working with a 1,000, I'm working with a 1,000. That's heavy. Now, in a bench shirt, it usually makes the most sense to, you can't really do much rep rep work. I mean, you can do some, but. No, I do rep work. Do you do shirts. rep work? Absolutely. So do you do uh, rep work raw and both in a, in a bench shirt too? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, do you do a lot of singles to kind of train that top end? Well, here's the thing. Mix? Like, like I'll give you an example. I'm trying to get my strength up right now. Um, and I don't want to kill my central nervous system out right now. So I'm doing singles and doubles. I'm just trying to get back into the groove and 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 have my central nervous system feel that heavy weight. And if I start pounding a lot of reps out, I'm going to kill it out and I'm not going to be able to do the job that I need done. Another thing, learning and understanding your system. You know, sometimes this takes years, ladies and gentlemen, to get you to a point to where you can feel what's going on in your body. Um and, and that's why you got to go. A lot of you guys have coaches. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. I mean, I get guys that tell me, I had this kid, uh, Jesse, from Arizona last week. He comes over, and he I start teaching him, and he goes, I don't know how to fucking bench press. I'm training with this guy. I can't remember his fucking name in Arizona. He's, like, supposed to be the guru in Arizona. And he calls the dude up, and the guy's like, so what'd you learn from Mendelssohn? And he said, well, pretty much everything that you showed me was wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> And like, you know, the guy's like, well, you know, I'm not Scott Mendelson. Well, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't fucking be teaching bench press. <laughs> there are people out there that know. You guys just have to find the me, the Ryan Canellis, the, the guys that know what the fuck they're doing. You know, that aren't going to put you in harm's way and not going to waste your money and your time. Because this dude's been training for quite a few years. Comes out to me. And he's like, holy fuck, I've wasted $10,000 over four years. You know, and it's great that you're making homeboys boat payment and everything, but where's your progression? Where's your progression? You're not getting what you should get. Me, if I'm buying a fucking car, I want the motor that's in it that I want. I want it to perform like I want. But maybe then again, you guys like wasting money. And there are people out there that need money, so keep doing it. <laughs> well, when it comes to, uh, you're talking about kind of frying out the central nervous system. Um, so it sounds like you're real careful with the overall volume that you do. Absolutely. Now, if I'm doing a volume cycle and I'm trying to burn my nervous system out, then that's a whole different deal. Like once I get back in shape now and I'm hitting 1,100 and I do a show, after that, if I'm doing a training cycle, I'll pop it down to 925, 950, and I'll do triples with that, mm. you know, and just to get my body working with it because the reps are what are going to make you stronger. You know, the thing about my system is, is that I've been doing this so long that my I know how my body reacts and I know where I've been. So it's not like I'm going back to somewhere where I haven't been before. So your body has, you know, the muscle memory. Right. You know, your body wants to go back. Like when I hit that weight on Monday, dude, afterwards, like my body was killing me and I've been going below a thousand and I hit 906 the week before and I got the bulldog bench bar, mm. you know, and I fucked up and I, I loaded it 
it's 15 pounds more. Oh, right, right. So I loaded up a 1,003, and I was like, yeah. And then I hit it, and my boy's like, you know, that was 1018. And I was like, oh, sweet. Fuck. <laughs> it's 1018, okay. You know what I mean? So, you know. Yeah, it's, you know, the workouts can take a really long time, too. Um, obviously, the raw lifting might take a little bit less time because the weight would be less. How, how long were your raw workouts versus your geared workouts? Well, in the geared workouts, press? it's not the time in between. It's getting geared up. Yeah. You know, getting geared up could take five, six, seven minutes. You yeah, know getting I mean? it on, getting positioned every time. Yeah, you know, you want to get in that shirt right. They got to wrap you because, you know, when you're raw, you can wrap yourself. But when, you know, you're wearing a triple-ply shirt, you know, you can't move. You're like this. You know what I mean? It's like being a T-Rex trying to grab a beer off a coffee. Yeah, table. you helped <laughs> me at one of your meets, actually. And uh, I, I I bombed out of the meet, but it, was, it wasn't – I, I uh, had no experience in that shirt. Right. But what was crazy is you were like, we need to put more weight on there. And so we put more weight on there for, for the next two uh, sets, for the next two attempts, rather. And uh, the last attempt was the best one. Yeah. And you're like, you still needed like another 50 pounds, you yeah. know. But you you just showed me certain things on how to tweak the shirt and sure. how to do stuff like that, and then I brought that information back, yeah. and that was probably when I was benching maybe like mid sevens or something. Yeah. And I went on to bench eight fifty four, so yeah. I learned a lot. Dude, let me tell you something. I remember at the LA Expo, we were staying at the Marriott or whatever, and you walked up to me that one year. I can't remember what year it was. It might have been oh nine or something like that. Dude, you were like three hundred and sixty pounds. <laughs> And I looked over at my boy and I go, dude, look how fucking big Mark is. Right? I mean, dude, you were like a fucking refrigerator. <laughs> and my boy's like, what are you fucking talking about? Look at you. And I go, I can't see me. <laughs> I'm looking at him. Look how fucking big he is right now. It's like, holy shit. You were just like, raw. <laughs> how are you? I was like, Jesus. Scott and I have crossed paths uh, a shitload of times. You were at uh, APF Senior Nationals uh, that is in Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Right. And then also uh, you ran the meet at the LA oh, Fix, right, bro. Oh, right, 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 right. That's did it. also That's in Bigger. That's where you hit the 854, isn't it? That's also in uh, Bigger, Stronger, Faster. No, at that time, I, so I hit. 826 you hit there. Well, towards the end of that movie, towards the end of Bigger, Stronger, Faster, I hit a 705 bench at uh, APF Senior Nationals. Okay. The other lifts were, they were done a little bit later on. Right, okay. But, um, yeah, it's just been crazy how we've been in kind of the same circle, yeah. you know, for I so long. I think me and you kind of started at the same time kind of together. Yeah. And but then, you were uh, doing all three lifts back then. Yeah, so. yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, Bradley Castleberry, who right. uh, everybody thinks just lifts fake weights. <laughs> now, he's a strong motherfucker. He's I, very strong. I spotted him at Venice a couple weeks well, ago. Well, he, compete, months he ago. competed in one of your meets that, that you ran. Uh, you, you ran a lot of meets, so you might I don't even, even remember. Did yeah. he really? Yeah, so he... What he did was, is he tried like a 600 pound squat in the warm up room, a 605 squat or 635. This is a long time ago. And he was super jacked then. Uh, he missed the attempt in the warm up room. And I, so then I went over to him. He like dropped the weight on the ground or something. I went over to him. I was like, I was like, hey, man, I was like, I'm just curious, like, what's your, you know, what's your opener? Cause like if your flight hasn't started yet, you should probably change it. He's like, oh, my opener's like 540. And I was just like, okay, this guy's really new. He doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> but he he performed well in the meeting. Yeah, I think yeah, he benched yeah. over four, and I think he pulled six. And it was a long-ass time ago. But he's a strong dude. Castleberry's cool. I saw him at Venice a few months back, and I spotted him. They did a video of me spotting him. He was doing like 150-pound dumbbells. Yeah, he's a savage. No, he's dude, a, he's a beast. And he's got a good build. The yeah, he looks insane. The dude's fucking thick. 
He's a thick dude. Who's what up? Sh- what up, Castleberry? Who's the strongest guy you ever came across? Other than Scott Mendelson. <laughs> There's a lot of training partners in there. Fuck, gotta think. Bro. Um Andy Fiedler. He was a big strong fucker. Um Andy Bolton. Yeah. Andy that Bolton. was fucking in Africa. Me and him were killing it together. That was amazing. He he was one of the thickest dudes I've ever seen from here to here. First thousand pound deadlift. Yeah, he was a fucking beast. And then Gary Frank, of course. Yeah. Um There's a lot of strong motherfuckers, bro. It's amazing to see uh how much power the thing has grown and how strong people are now. Yeah. I like a lot of new uh I like I like Lily Bridge. I think he's fucking unbelievable. Shit, man, yeah, he's a beast. Uh, Vlad. Oh my god. He's a fucking beast. Well, he had the world record. Vlad both. I heard as a knee replacement. I think so. And he did a 502 pound or 530 or 530 kilo squat or whatever. Just a fucking beast, bro. Yeah. But uh god, there's there's a lot of dudes out there that are very fucking talented. Yeah. I What's, mean, even even big boy, yeah, from strength cartel, big SC boy, yep. You know what? And I tell that motherfucker, I'm like, dude, dude, I would make that guy an absolute world champion. And I tell him, dude, what the fuck are you doing? He's well, I'm already world class. I go, dude, you're what are you? He goes, I'm number six in the world. I'm like, don't you want to be number one? Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? And he lives guys. right near me. I'm oh, like, dude, um, fucking come out. Yeah, I'll fucking hook you up, bro. You know what? I I just don't get it. That's like kind of Leroy that, Walker. Yeah, I tell that motherfucker all the time. I mean, he can't bench seven hundred if his ass was wiped wrong. <laughs> he just can't fucking do it, and he's strong as fuck. <laughs> he's very him strong. too. I see him. I go, dude, call me. Uh, no call. I'm sorry, but if I had, if I wanted to drive a car and Mario Andretti lived down the block from me. <laughs> I'd be up that motherfucker so far up his ass, he'd need a glass stomach so I could see straight. <laughs> I mean, I don't get what the fuck these dudes, I, I don't get it. I think it goes back to what you said earlier about like YouTube and Instagram. That's you it. Know, that's what you didn't want to be known for that. You want to be known as a lifter and maybe they have other desires and they don't. You know, I don't know. It, but hey, both you motherfuckers, call me. I'm telling you right now, you want to fucking be a YouTube guy or you want to be the real fucking deal? And big boy, I saw your fucking deadlift the other day. That was fucking good shit, bro. That was good shit. Nine hundred. He's a he's a fucking thick am- motherfucker. He's, he's a beast, bro. He's a beast. I think the- I would love to fucking train him, bro. Yeah, I would love to train him. He's a good guy too. Nice guy. Leroy's a nice guy. All these guys are cool dudes. Pull your heads out of your ass and call me eight one eight three nine nine zero nine zero five. Make it happen. Make it fucking happen. I think a lot of people are, they're scared to kind of push that next. I don't know why. That next. What is so scary about being the best? I think it's a sacrifice for people. They're not willing to, they're not willing to, I mean, they're already stepping on the gas. They're already going. It makes no sense to me. It makes no fucking sense to me. Maybe like attempting and failing it though. Like you're too scared to attempt because you're too scared to even, you know. But they're already failing. They're failing already. (laughs) They're happy with it. They're happy failing. I guess. Right on. Right on. (laughs) Yeah, I, I do think that sometimes people get uh, they get caught up in social media. You know, they get caught up in kind of they get wrapped up and they have distractions. You know, 
they're like he said they might be kind of comfortable i mean these guys are savages look these guys can lift some crazy weights but i think that in order to get to that next level and be world class and be a world champion for most people you're gonna have to block out everything else you're gonna have to scott yeah, but you know what it, you know? if he if if they become number one all kinds of other doors will open for them right but it's okay because i'm gonna come back this year and be number one well if you look at like uh you know, like Chuck, Chuck Liddell and like Tito Ortiz. Tito Ortiz was always kind of look, looking for the fame and the fortune of it. And Chuck Liddell would just kick the shit out of people. Right. And Chuck Liddell made way more money yeah. fighting than yeah. Tito Ortiz did. Although Tito didn't do bad. No, of course. He did great. And then maybe afterwards he even maybe potentially did better because he had more spotlight or something right. like that. Right. But um, it just kind of goes to your point of like, just be a savage, just get after it, yeah. be, you know, work on being a champion, block other things out. Right. Might be some sacrifices along the way, but in the long run, that's what's going to win. Nobody remembers number six. <laughs> no. What's second place? For losers. It's not first. The first loser. <laughs> the first loser. That's true. I don't know. What you got, Andrew? Uh, no, just you said that you were going to bring back your YouTube channel because we had a couple people asking yeah. about it. Yeah, I'm going to start filming on that. I got some plans. Cool. So I'm going to speak to a couple people about that, <laughs> and then we'll go. We'll go from there. <laughs> well, you did such a great job on this show today, and when you were just, I mean, I can picture you just setting up a camera and just talking. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you, I mean, we can make it so simple: easy. one camera, one microphone. Just go. Scott Mendelson talks about food. You know, to yeah. how to get big. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you, you can also. Scott Meadows is going to talk about how to get small. I lost 90 pounds in 16 weeks. Yeah. I mean, you know. Well, you talk about bodybuilding, yeah. powerlifting, how yeah. to bench. I mean, the bench press information that you shared, only one guy in the world can share it. Right. There's only one person that knows what you know. Right. That was a hard thing about working with Eric. You know, like when I got him to a certain point, you know, he, he was, uh, he was having a hard time performing in front of like the crowd you know and, and he's having a hard time kind of getting that next level i said what you're about to do no one's ever done right so i said you know who knows how to do this you yeah <laughs> that's it and that's a hard thing to do like when you broke when you broke the bench record and you still have the bench record whoever comes along and breaks that next they can get guidance from somebody they can get yeah. uh, shown the right way they can get shown all these things but if you're going to break that record, yeah. it's going to take a lot of guts and take a lot of balls because no one's ever lifted more than that before in that weight class. You know what the key to it is about lifting in public? Not looking into the crowd. Right. Yeah, just ignore <laughs> it. Just look at the fucking bar. It's another fucking lift. Just, I never, I benched with 20,000 people fucking watching me and it's just like you walk out, just look at the bar. Don't even look in the crowd. Don't even let none of that fucking bother you. And then all of a sudden, you're in the gym. Because once you get that lift off, it's silent. It's like, ah, and then the lift happens, and it's like, you know? Yeah. Maybe somebody's listening right now, and, uh, you know, maybe they've gone through some hard times, and maybe they, you know, aren't, aren't quite uh, figuring out how to turn the corner. Um, what is something that's helped you to hold on to? It sounds like lifting weights has always been something that you've been able to hold on to to kind of to keep you focused. Um, what's something that somebody should kind of focus in on for the long game and to turn their life around? You know, one time I had this rich guy, one of my clients, and he was worth like 50 million bucks. Damn. And I'm like, his name was Luke. And I'm like, Luke, Give me a fucking idea to make a million dollars. I go, you know I work all fucking day long. Whatever it is, 
tell me, I'll bust my ass. I, I can I can do it, you just tell me. And he looks at me and he like pauses for a minute and I'm fucking waiting <laughs> and I'm waiting and I'm like, fuck. And he looks at me and he goes, you know what? I don't know what you should do. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He goes, I don't know what you should do, but whatever you do, do what you know. Do what you know, because that's what's gonna work for you. And I'm laying in bed with my ex-wife like two years later, and all of a sudden, this like epiphany, he comes into my head, and he's like, do what you know. And I was like, I'm opening a fucking gym. That's what I know. So you think um, maybe some of the answers that people might be looking for are already inside. Yeah, maybe you detail cars. Maybe you are a mechanic. Maybe you are a banker. Whatever it is, everybody has their talent. You know, I'm not going to sit there and go, yeah, you go open a gym. And then if it fails, you're going to be like, oh, that fucking asshole, he told me to open a gym and it sucked and it went out of business because that wasn't your thing. You know, you each have an inner talent within you that all of you are capable of exploiting in a positive way. Take that talent and exploit it. And if it is a gym, if it's weightlifting, give me a call. I'll help you out. You know, if it's something else, find somebody like I wanted to learn how to arm wrestle. I called up Devin Lorette in Canada, like one of the best guys in the world. And I was like, Devin, who by the way was at my gym this week twice, and we all arm wrestled. It was fucking great. But I called him up and I was like, dude, took me right into his house for a week at a time. I went three weeks out last year. You know, all these guys, you know, if you wanna be the best, get a hold of the best. Learn from the best. Don't learn from some fucking guy that's like two blocks over from you unless he's the best. You know, because you know what? If you reach out, if they say no, you haven't lost any ground. You just haven't gained any ground. You're in the same place that you are right now. Yeah, It's like picking up on chicks. If the chick says no, what are you going to do? Go in your house and like burrow your head in the couch for a week? Fuck no. You're going to be like, all right, she said no. You go to the one next to her. Eventually, somebody's going to say yes. And you're going to be happy. So, you know, don't be afraid to stick your neck out. You know, all you people that want to compete. And you know what? It, you know, it, there's very little world champions in the world. If it was so easy, everybody would be a world champion. You know? But to put your dick in the dirt and stick it out there, and it takes a lot. But when you do it, you'll feel better about yourself. And remember, if you don't do it, you're not going to know if they say yes. You're never going to know. Lifting all those big weights and uh, all the pressure that it builds up, you must have a poop story or two for us. No, I never <laughs> shit in my pants. Never shit your pants on oh, a no. big bench? Uh-uh. Never oh, shit so, my pants. So disappointing. I've What's, never even had a hemorrhoid my whole life. People are like, you lift 1,100 pounds, you never had a fucking hemorrhoid? <laughs> like this guy, my gym, he had hemorrhoid surgery. He's like, you know how bad it hurts? And, you know, you go through this and that. And I'm like, you're like, nope. <laughs> He's like, what? You've never had a hemorrhoid? I'm like. What's the worst or grossest thing that's ever happened to you in lifting? First time I ever benched a thousand pounds, I went blind for five minutes. 
Um, completely blind. Completely blind. I pulled, I took it down, and about halfway down, boom, the lights went out. And I thought to myself, well, I'm blind, so I better finish because I may never, may never have this <laughs> chance again. Took it down, prep, boom, racked it up. They're like, yeah, I'm like, I can't see. For like 10 minutes, I couldn't see. And then all of a sudden, you know, I guess everything constricted in my eyes, you know, so much pressure. And like 10 minutes later, I saw a little white light and then it started to like relax and open up and then I was able to see again. The first time I benched 1,100 pounds, I coughed up a big ass blood clot. Mm. Oh my God. I got off the bench and I was like, oh, <laughs> and like a fucking <laughs> piece of jello like that big came out and oh hit the God. floor and everybody on my team's all quiet and my ex-wife <laughs> was like, I'll grab it. And she took a paper towel and didn't even wipe it. She just like grabbed it and mm. picked it off the oh, floor. Oh my God. I wish she would have kept it. <laughs> it looked bitching. Keep it in a glass case. I had a surgeon that I was training at the time and he's like, holy fuck, if you didn't cough that up, it could have killed you. And I was like, good thing I hit 1100, huh? Yeah, it made, yeah, made, it, made it up. Uh, Saved my life, you know? <laughs> Squeezed it right out of you. Yeah, dude. But that's about the grossest. I've never, you know, ripped my asshole in half or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. What about like I've just, had guys' arms break during benches? Oh shit, yeah. You know, at one of my meets. That's tough. At the uh, at the Fit Expo, <sighs> snapped both bones right on right in half on his arm. Damn. Yeah, but I mean, uh, what was the worst injury to the, come back from? Definitely that pec tear. Yeah, it took the longest, right? It took about a year. Mm. You know, in a year later, and you know what is funny because I put that picture up. Oh, that Just, picture went everywhere. Yeah, the the purple picture. I put it up um, a year later just to show people that, hey, you can get this fucked up and you could come back. I didn't know it was going to go viral. It was on Tosh.0. Now I'll be sitting in a restaurant and two people will walk up and they're like, you're the purple guy. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Look at that. Look at that. That is fucking gnarly, huh? It's a wild picture. And so the crazy, oh, this is what happened to me. This was a good one. When that happened, I woke up like three days later, and dude, my nutsack filled up with blood. Oh. It was like that big. And I had to do a seminar in New York, so my partner, <laughs> my, my business partner's a veterinarian, right? So I go to him, and I'm like, hey, bro, you got to help me, bro. And he's like, what? And I pull my pants down, and he's like, fuck. <laughs> I mean, dude, it was so big that it sucked my dick into my nutsack. I had to sit down to pee. It was like crazy, bro. So I'm tripping and I go to him and he goes, oh, fuck. I'm like, dude, we got to drain it or something. I got to go to New York on a fucking plane for a seminar. And he's like, don't worry about it. And dude, my partner is like, he's a doctor and he's like monotone, bro. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, what the fuck? And he's like, <laughs> I said, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. I'm like, dude, look at this motherfucker, bro. There's nothing <laughs> fine about this. And he looks at me and he goes, bro, it ain't my dick. And I was like, you know, fuck you. So I walk out and I wait till like one in the morning to go to the emergency room. And I go in the emergency room and they're like, oh, what are you here? And I go, well, I tore a peck, but that's not why I'm here. And they're like, oh, well, let's see the peck tear. And I take my jacket off and it's that. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh my God, what the hell? I'm like, look, shut up. I know what this is. I know what this is. I'm here for something else. Get me in with the doctor. So they get me in the emergency room. It's one in the morning and the doctor walks in. He goes, so I hear you're here for a pec tear. I said, no, I'm not here for a pec tear. 
He's like, well, what are you here for? These giant balls. Yeah, and he goes, what are you here for? And boom, I pull my <laughs> pants down. Nuts are fucking purple. They're like this big. And he looks at me and he goes, impressive. <laughs> and I look at him and I'm like, dude, thank you. And he's like, what? I go, nobody's ever looked at my dick and said impressive. <laughs> so I go, dude, can we drain it? I got to go to New York. And he goes, don't worry about it. It'll go away on its own. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> it's like you had one of those like bouncy things like the little kids have. Dude. Little kids ride around on. <laughs> I, I, I you sit on and you bounce. I couldn't yeah. sit on the plane. Like I took off and I stood up. Yeah, you got to get and a half like hours. grab one nut God, and like bro. pick it up. No, and, it was like I had to like pick it up and stick it to <laughs> the outside of my quads. <laughs> so how know? long did that take to go down? Like two months, bro. God dang. Two months. Couldn't ice Dude. it or nothing. No, I iced it. I had like packs of peas on it. <laughs> peas like form right. you know what I mean were you really like motivated to like show anybody that asked or just like dude check this out I did yeah. <laughs> I did <laughs> I go dude you gotta see my dick and my boy's like no no I'm like dude trust me you gotta fucking see this bro hey, it ain't gonna be here forever hey horse cock check this you out you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, what like edema or something right it's just yeah it was just you know blood Goes with gravity. Right, you know, right. Pack was ripped up top. Everything goes down. Yeah. It went all the way to my ankles, that bleed. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Man, that's great. That is crazy. All here at Super Training. And so that picture is at the doctor's office. No, that's at my gym. Oh, it's at your gym. Yeah. Oh, do you, now, it looks like you have a bench shirt on right there. No, that's a t-shirt. It's just a t-shirt. Yeah. Okay. I was like, is this crazy bastard benching again? No. How long no. was it till you started benching again? A year later, I was at 1100. Oh shit! Yeah. How many weeks and months was it after the pec tear that you started just bench pressing? Period. Uh, about four months afterwards. And you didn't get surgery. No, I didn't get any surgery. The thought ever come to your mind to get? Yeah, surgery? I mean, I thought about it, but the thing was, you know, the amount of weight that I benched the pec would have just went again, and it's mm -hmm. like I just it attached, it reattached. I got a little dimp right, dimple right here. Mm -hmm. Um. But, you know, and my raw days are over pretty much. I can't go over 500. How but, did you, uh, you know, like, whatever. rehab it? Just I started with bands, mm -hmm. and I started doing that. Um, I was in New York. There was a famous, famous massage guy, Michael Camp. Mm. And you, you know who Michael Camp I is? I never heard of him before, no. Yeah, like uh, a lot of IFB, a lot okay. of IFBB pros use him. My sister was friends with him, so she took me to him, and for a week he just beat the fuck out of me. Mm. And then uh, at Gold's at Venice, Jeff Metcalf, who's dead, he committed suicide, rest in peace. Um, he worked on me for a while and he brought me back. Mm. So I did that and, um, you know, it was just, it was, uh, it was the hardest thing coming back. Like, you really have to want that, bro, because it was like. Get depressed at all during any of that? No, no. You know what? I have so much shit going on in my life. There was one day when I woke up and like everything was just dismal. I was just like, fuck. And I thought, is this depression? <laughs> this is depression. One day in my life. Yeah, luckily for me, I, I never get I never get that either. Yeah, I just, there's too much shit going on. If you're yeah. busy all the time, I don't think you really get depressed. I'm I mean, super excited about stuff a lot. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, guys like me and you, when you're stacked up and you always got to, have other shit on mine. If you're sitting around and you have nothing to do and you're like, uh, <laughs> shit starts getting to you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just not a really depressed kind of guy. Like, you know, people that kill themselves, 
to me, they got fucking way more heart than me because I'm a pussy. I couldn't kill myself. You know, sticking a gun in your mouth and blowing. Hell no. I'd be like, dude, fuck that. I ain't doing that shit. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't have that kind of like balls. It's just like, you know, so. What else does Scott Mendelson do? He watched TV into any. I love movies. I'm a big movie guy. I collect comics. So what are some of your favorite movies? Well, Avengers Endgame. Did you see it? I heard nothing but good things. Oh I haven't seen it yet. Oh, my God. I seen it. It's so. so good. So, guys, this is what... Ha- I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, at the end... One of the best movies I've ever seen. As a matter of fact, I'm here with Ashley Crawford. She's number two in the world for Strong Woman. Could she come up here real quick? She sure can. Ashley, come it. on up here real mm-hmm. Get up. Come here. Come on, Ashley. Get come over on. here. Come on. You know what? People are watching. The whole world is awaiting your arrival. Yep. So, come over here. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Just hop over there close to his mic. Yep. Yeah. Ashley, say hi. Hello. <laughs> anyway, this is Ashley Crawford, and she's number two in the world. She came to me about four years ago, and she said, listen, she was taking um, strongman stuff from a gym called East Coast, West Coast in, uh, Costa Mesa. in Costa Mesa. So she comes to me, and she goes, listen, I want to get strong. And I evaluated her and I was like fuck if you listen in two years you could be a world champion and she was like shut the fuck up two years later what happened I'm there you made me. <laughs> two years later uh, what kind of weights are you lifting over there I know strong man you're doing well, some she different won things the nationals for the uh, APF uh, powerlifting also hmm. so she's pulling what about 550 on the deadlift what well, axle axle deadlift I did about five five oh four that's the um, axle deadlift. I ain't yeah. messing around, man. That thing's huge. Yeah. So regular yeah. deadlift, she's about five and a half, a little bit more. Uh, almost 300 on the bench. And Pulled her... a 15-ton truck in Norway. Yeah. Pulling 15. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, if you look it up, uh, Ashley Crawford uh, pulling a 15-ton truck in Norway, you can put the film up and see that shit. It? It's, pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, do you have strongman stuff at your gym? It's Scott? on my it's on my Instagram. No, that's why she goes to uh, East Coast West Coast. Got it. But now she's an air traffic controller, so she's out here in Oakland. So um, things are cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So she's training at a gym called what is it called? Uh, Warcat. Warcat. Yeah. Yeah. That's my new gym now. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! That yeah, that's brutal. her. That's her right there. That Forty looks- seconds. That looks brutal. Oh, dude, it's oh, crazy. It's Where they? Uh, what is that called? Uh, that's oh, oh there you go. my god. Oh, my god. That's just a Hercules hold. Oh, Hercules yeah. hold. Yeah, where the both the logs are pulling your body apart. Yeah. It looks crazy. This girl pulled second place. She ended up winning this one. Yeah, Lafia, she's huh. a world champion, right? She trains yeah. with her. Oh, okay. Actually, Lafia took first place that year, and she took second. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I went yeah. right after her. Well, there you go. That's a good training partner. Just like you said, you got to mm-hmm. find the best, right? Absolutely. Now, oh, this is she took first. Here's Ashley pulling a 15-ton truck, bro. Whew. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's something. Hey, look who's standing on the side, that fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I really love seeing um the explosion of women in into some of these strength sports. Oh, it's yeah. been awesome. It's and phenomenal. It's been so cool. Like there's I mean a three hundred pound deadlift nowadays for girls is like they all that's do like it. It's like a warm up now. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. all do it. Yeah. yeah. Four hundred, five hundred, you know, and they're starting to see um and now there's some girls pulling on six hundred pounds. I mean I don't know where I don't know where, where it will all end. Scott, what's your uh, when when are you going to try to compete again? You know what? I'm thinking about going back in the next eight weeks. Thanks, Ash. Thank you. 
I'm thinking about going back in the next eight weeks. I'm going to figure something out just to get my feet wet. And uh, word is there's some WPO shit going on again. Oh, wow. So uh, if that happens, I'm popping back into that. And um, think they'll bring it back to the Arnold and stuff like that, or you know, I don't know. Mm. I don't know, but all I know is uh, I'm going to sit down, put it together. I'm getting in shape first, and then uh, shit's going to start happening again. Yeah, t- and you're taking a little break off the arm wrestling because of the forearm deal. Yeah, so I'm focusing strictly on the bench press right now, which is good. Um, my lifts are going up phenomenally. Uh, Monday, I think I'm going to go 1050. Um, so I'm feeling good about it, man. And it just feels so good to be back in my element. I look, I love arm wrestling, but that's not my thing, you know, even though I love it. Right. You know, and look, I, I plan on winning some major shit in arm wrestling, but you know what? Bench is me. Powerlifting is me. That's my crew. That's my crowd. And I feel kind of like I've neglected it lately as far as to the public and everything mm-hmm. else, because I was focusing so much on the arm wrestling. Um, but um, it's time. It's time. Yeah, I agree. You know, I'd so. love to see you come back, hit the platform again. Yeah, it's going to happen soon. Awesome. Nobody 50 has ever hit 1,000. And you're so, going to do 1,100. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck it up. So I'd like to, uh, you know, my body feels good right now. Mm. Everything feels real good, feels real stable. Um, and there's no reason why I can't do it. My shoulder's feeling real good. I've rehabbed it over the last few years from, you know, not even being able to move it while I'm sleeping to, you know, coming back. And, and a lot of it's been through bodybuilding, mm. you know. But, you know, a lot of injuries take a long time and you got to be patient in the recovery. And it's just, it, you can't give it the time that it needs. It, it takes its own time. And whatever that timetable is, I'm just really fortunate to be back now and I feel really blessed that I'm able to do what I love again. Do you force stuff in your training? Like if, if you know, you, you've handled 900 pounds and it just feels like crap, do you continue onward? It just depends. You know, sometimes I can go in and if it's feeling like maybe I'm going to injure myself, I'll stop. I listen to myself. Yeah. You know, because you know what? The workout really doesn't really matter when it comes to the big picture. It's mm. like, you know, there are many battles in a war and you may lose some battles and still win the war. Right. You know, so you got to pick and choose and nobody as a human being is peaked all the time. Right. You know, it's hard. It's hard when you're young, you know, when you're newer and you're getting excited. Yeah. It's hard to back off. Yeah, no, it is. It is. But you know what? Once you're knowledgeable and you're, you're really in touch with your body and your feelings, you, you can kind of get a feel and, and kind of, be like hey you know what i mean it was like that day when i when i blew my pack mm-hmm. from the lift off it was off right. I, what i should have done was throwing it back in the rack right but because i was in that moment and i just wasn't thinking straight and the weight really wasn't heavy i was like you know what i can make the correction i'm strong enough yeah and unfortunately it wasn't my day right but you know what it made me a better man it taught me a lot of things and maybe got in arm wrestling even. And it got me in. No, that was a car accident. That's what oh, got me right. in arm wrestling. But but it made me it made me learn myself, and it made me understand that hey, I'm not the machine that I think I am. Mm. You know, when you're young, you think you're a machine, and you can just work through anything. 
And for the most part, you can, but the things that you can't work through, you need to be smart enough to be like, hey, all right, back off, you know. It doesn't all have to happen in one day. 100%. Nothing does all happen in one day. Where can people find you? They want to follow along and, and learn more about you. Well, I own a gym called Mendy's Gym. It's at 6371 Van Nuys Boulevard, Van Nuys, California, 91401. And uh, you can find me there at 818-616-3161. Or you can contact me at mendysgym at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, I'd love to work with you guys. Look, I got a lot of knowledge that a lot of you guys want to know. Don't be afraid to call me. Don't be afraid to get on board. I do online training. I got guys that I train in Tasmania, Australia, in Cape Town, Africa, and Canada, all over the U.S. and down the block. So, I mean, however the training that, you know, whatever kind of training you need, I can get to you. You know, I had a guy, Shannon Jacobson, that lives in Tasmania. I trained him for nine months, and he won the first Arnold in Australia. Mm. Never met the dude in person. That's great. Yeah. So, you know, with technology now, the way it is, you know, my, my program is very interactive and we'll Skype a couple times a week and I'll tell you what I want. You'll Facebook, you'll film all your lifts and Facebook them to me and then we'll be on Skype together. You could look at your phone. I look at mine. We get an exact idea. I can show you on Skype, just like I explained today with the form and everything, right. you know, and I go through everything, all the lifts, your support work, supplements, every, there's no stone, no stone that's unturned. You know, I'm not 14 bucks a month, so <laughs> I'm just letting you know that up front, but I'm not a million bucks either. I'm, you know, if you want it bad enough, you'll reach out and you'll grab it because I spend a lot of time and a lot of effort with you and I treat you as if you're part of me. And if you're part of me, you're a winner. So give me a call. That's all the time we got. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later.